0: Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hunt Fish Heat podcast tonight. We go over to a really cool guy's house, Thomas Denning. He was very gracious and invited um, me and Denton and uh, Bruce from Trophy Ridge Outfitters over for New Year's Eve. So before we got too late in the night, he sat down with us and a couple other guys and we talked about elk calling, uh, elk hunting in general, kind of the strategies there, and hunting in the in the West. It was a fantastic conversation. We we covered a lot of topics and I learned a ton. Uh as you know I'm flatlander so I'm not this massive elk hunter but these guys that I sat with they've they've been hunting out for quite a long time and Thomas himself is a world champion elk caller. Um he's won a ton of competitions so is his dad and they own a company called Mile High Note Game Calls. They make turkey and elk calls. And let me tell you what that That dude can call, man. And um, he dropped some knowledge on us tonight. They also make some really cool products. We talked about some of that. And we also talked about how do you learn how to call if you haven't done it before. And Thomas and his dad offer lessons. And, you know, with this crazy time in COVID, you don't have to be local. They do Zoom calls, Um, they even sell CDs. So you got to check out mile high note game calls. You'll understand after you. Listen to this episode, how awesome this guy is and the products they make. And they're also really reasonably priced and high quality. So make sure, make sure you check out Mile High Note Game Calls. Check out my sponsor, Waltons Inc. They make slicers, everything to, to process your game. You know, I'm a big fan of uh, taking my own game and processing it, making my own meat. And uh, Waltons has everything but the meat. That's their tagline, and it's true. So make sure you check them out, waltonsinc.com, com. Jim and the crew make some awesome hats, shirts, all sorts of fun stuff, so make sure you check them out, ClayShootingApparel.com. Welcome to this episode of the Hunt, Fish, Eat podcast. Hope everybody's having a good night. Um, how are you guys doing?
1: Doing great. Good. I'm good. Good. So,
0: uh-huh. we just opened the podcast with an elk bugle from my uh, from my new buddy I just met tonight. What's your name? Thomas. Thomas. D-C. What's your last name? Thomas Deasy. Okay, and you, you make... Elk Calls, right?
1: Yep. Dad and I uh, own a company here in Colorado, Mile High Note Game Calls.
0: Okay. And well, I'll put that in the show notes so everybody can check them out. So obviously, they sound pretty good. And from what I understand, you've won one or two competitions?
1: Yeah, a couple throughout the years.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, we'll get back to that a little bit later. Uh, to start off, I'm going to go to my left and we're going to introduce everybody and kind of say your first and last name and uh, what you do. So
2: um, I'm CJ Sefkovic. I currently sell real estate. Um, here in northern Colorado. I kind of cover everywhere from Wyoming all the way down to north Denver. So um, big into hunting and fishing. Kind of grew up waterfowl hunting. Um, most recently got into archery, elk hunting, and kind of fell in love with it. So,
0: You yeah, showed me a couple of pictures of some turkeys.
3: Yeah. Him. Yeah, I'm a turkey fanatic. Yeah, love yeah. it. love it. So, My name is Stefan Wilson. I work in the lab <laughs> at Budweiser uh, for Anheuser-Busch. i just got into archery hunting this year, kind of always been a deer hunter and really wanting to get into elk, and Thomas and CJ Brandon have all helped me out quite a bit this last year getting into elk hunting, and hopefully that uh, continues to grow. Huge into waterfowl, fishing, just being outside. You're wearing a Dye Bomb uh, hoodie right now. I am, yep. 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 I got a, a friend. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you
4: go. So Bruce Borowski, uh, owner of uh, Trophy Ridge Outfitters LLC out of Colorado also the regional director for national Law turkey federation uh covered the state of colorado and the state of nebraska so uh thanks for having me on again Appreciate yeah I
0: mean, it. I mean i got to work in colorado you know that's you can't, right can't miss an opportunity by bruce talk so no nope. there you go nope.
5: brandon yeah my name is brandon holter um fort collins native out of here in colorado and uh i have a paint rec- reconditioning business and yeah so you guys met me last night. So Yeah,
0: and you also help guide with Bruce, right?
5: Yeah, yep. I do that part-time just whenever I can and help out and just get people. He, uh, he told me you're the guy to call at 2 in the morning to help drag stuff out. You call me, I'll be there. Yeah, okay, so. yeah, that works. no <laughs> joke. That's, that's legit. That's there's, know, there's very
4: few people and when, when, when you make a call at 10 o'clock at night to, to help drag a big bull out. He's uh, no questions asked. He was there and... Uh, it's been great. Did that so for Bruce kind of and Thomas. It.
1: Yeah, I know that from experience, too, and uh, one of your other guys, Chris Smith. Chris he, Smith, yeah. Yeah, uh, him and Brandon both came up. I was actually struggling trying to find my bull, so uh, they came up and saved the day on that one. So There you go. I'm mean, like a tracking dog. There you go. <laughs> You're Put your nose to the ground go after it. <laughs>
5: That's what I do. <laughs>
0: That's good. Well, and last but not least, got D-Money.
6: You guys know who I am.
0: There you go. That's all. <laughs> <there>. <laughs> That's all me. D
6: Money's got to say.
0: Uh, I should clean up for Daniel. That's right. That's the only reason I bring him along. I, I can't shoot, so somebody's got to. I just look good for the cameras, but um, yeah. So hey, well, we're here. I said in Thomas's basement, hanging out. Thanks for inviting us over, Thomas. Mm-hmm. Um, of course. New Year's Eve, have a good time, and we got talking a little bit. So you and your dad make out calls, right? Yeah. And turkey calls, yep. uh, diaphragm stuff. So, um, how long have you been doing that? How long have you been calling?
1: Uh, I don't know when I really first started calling. There's pictures of me in like a diaper and crawling on the ground with a bugle tube. So my dad always says I started bugling before I could talk. So I would just hear him call in the house and then I would just mimic him. So, um, but really started getting into calling, Uh, you know, when I was probably in elementary school. uh, They started having some competitions locally and just started getting into those with our local chapters of, you know, Colorado Bowhunters Association, mm-hmm. and getting big into that, and starting to uh, do the calling competitions there, and it just grew from there. And then Dad and I started the comp or uh, company in 2013. Okay. Um, just as just just more so for ourselves back then, because we did competition calling, and we were you know kind of tired of buying people's calls that were you know you buy two of the same call and they'd be different. Yep. And uh, we were before. tired of the inconsistency of the calls so we first bought the equipment to make the diaphragm calls for ourselves um i don't know, it may sound a little selfish there but we just wanted consistency in the calls yeah and to make sure that they were good when we used them and uh so then from there he started uh you know doing i guess putting them into local shops archery shops around town and then next <laughs> thing you know one thing led to another we're in sportsman's shields and uh jacks here in colorado and throughout the states so gotcha yeah
0: well that's cool no like i said um bruce uses some of your guys calls and oh yeah um, definitely
1: I use them all the time yeah, right? i'm gonna
0: have to look look into your uh, turkey calls man so i'll use those more now yeah. but um yeah that awesome so um you kind of said you know, you're using other you were using other people's out calls, um didn't like consistency so what what are you looking for and let's say start with a cow call or do you use the same diaphragm for your ripping bugle or
1: um, I do when I'm especially out hunting um, probably want to talk more about I guess hunting scenarios and competition calling yep uh, you know hunting scenarios you don't really have time to change your diaphragm call um, it's in your mouth you pick one that is the most universal call uh, but that can be different for every individual um, you know we make calls that are slim line so for people who have narrower mouths uh, they fit better for them we make calls that are um, just your normal size. We don't have any of the pallets right now, pallet plates, any of that stuff. But, uh, um, personally, I think those are a little bit more gimmicky than anything else. It's just a, uh, another reason to charge a couple more bucks for a call. But, uh, you know, we try to keep the price point low on that, just saving some money without having to use that pallet. Um, but going back to that, you know, I, I do use our triple read, the warrior call, the mile okay. high warrior. Um, I use it for everything, whether it's competition cow calling, you know, bugling, whether you want to be the herd bull or the small bull. um, It's just all on the pressure that you use. And, you know, it's it's, I know CJ, for instance, he uses the double. Um, And I know some people, my dad, he'll use the single. Uh, Same thing with turkey calling. You know, you have raspy versus high pitch yelper. So Mm -hmm. you just find a call that fits you the best. And especially when you're hunting with buddies, you want to sound like different elk. So you use a single, double, triple in the group. Mm-hmm. Um, we also make external read calls. So, uh, the external read call sounds completely different than a diaphragm gives you a little bit more nasally sound, mm-hmm. um, but it's not hands-free. So it's yep. great in the guide industry. And I know a lot of people use our diaphragm or our external read for guiding mm-hmm. because they're not having to worry about shooting or drawing a yep. yep. So that's well, a popular one.
0: It's kind of like turkey hunting. Um, you know, and so when I don't have a gun in my hand, you know, I have my, my box call with me. I have a slate call, maybe a glass call. And then I have a, my, my diaphragm calls in my mouth. And I'll sometimes do the diaphragm and the slate at the same time or, you know, whatever. And You know, but if I'm hunting by myself, I just have my diaphragm call in my mouth, yep. you know, because I am not my hands. So kind of the same thing. So what's your strategy? Like I said, you guys have a group of guys. You want to sound like multiple elk, obviously. Um, but what's your mindset? Kind of explain elk calling. Like I said, I'm,
1: I'm a guy from the east. I'm not an elk hunter. So yeah. run me through that yeah definitely uh so if you're hunting in a group i guess we can start there um i've hunted now with cj (laughs) stefan and brandon so um all of them have kind of learned how my dad and i do it which maybe well which is probably pretty different than most people do um you know a lot of (laughs) i mean you guys can chime in before you hunted with me uh you know if you did i'll come before hunting with me um a lot of times People just sit in silence, right? They're afraid to call. Yeah. Afraid to break that silence. You, it's so peaceful in the morning, and you're just hoping to hear that elk bugle, and then maybe you go after them. Um, my dad and I, we take a, a lot of different technique. Uh, uh, obviously, owning the call business, we, we like to call a lot, so yep. um, we call a lot. <laughs> it's like coyote calling. So, yeah. It's like turning on a you know a fox pro coyote call or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but to backtrack a little bit, if we're hunting together, say just two people, uh, I usually like to hunt in groups of two to three, or even on your own. But if you're hunting a group of two to three, like I mentioned earlier, you use a different diaphragm.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, or if you all use the same diaphragm, you can. Uh, Once you master the diaphragm call or external recall, you can sound like a calf, you can sound like a cow, you can sound like a cow in estrus. Um, You can make every noise you want to Mm -hmm. with that call. It just takes practice. Um, But the goal is primarily you call an archery muzzleloader in Colorado. Okay. Um, Into first rifle is really good for calling. A lot of guys don't do it, but first rifle is. The, the the rut seems to be getting later and later. Yeah, I agree. sure, Bruce. You, CJ oh, I agree had a good year first
2: seasons. Yeah, this yeah. year. So my family we do rifle camp every year, and this year we have we got seven bulls down. And uh, I called my dad's bull forty yards hmm. with a shot at shot forty yards with a rifle. Gotcha. And um, wow. so also called my uh, cousin's bull in as well. So. They were, I mean, they were a little, literally bugling from 12 noon all night long <clears throat>
1: to the next morning. They just wouldn't shut up, and that was during first rifle. So yep. That's awesome. Yep. So even in first rifle, archery, whatever it may be, um, the goal, especially if you're, you know, Bruce, you can att- attest to this if you're guiding, right? You're a hunter. The guy who's shooting is in front of you. Yep. Um, yep. You know, if you're filming, if you have a third guy filming, he's usually with the shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing applies whether you're guiding or not if you're hunting in a group. I know it's hard to decide. All right, who's who's taking the shot on the stand, right? Yep. But uh, one thing my dad and I do because we can never figure out who's going to take the shot on the stand, we just <laughs> we split up parallel. Instead of we think the elk's going to come, you know, from the north. Let's say, for instance, um, we'll just sit 40 yards side by side facing the north. So we'll split up about 40 yards apart. We'll start out by cow calling. Um, some guys like to bugle and locate. Just depending on what state you're in and what you're doing. Uh, public land, Colorado bulls, pretty, pretty call shy. Um, you know, same thing I hear with Montana. I've never hunted Montana, Idaho. They got a lot of wolves up there. Um, you get into wolves bugling. It's more of a locator for the wolf to come find you. Yep. Um, so, not saying I guess they couldn't find it through a cow call, but uh, what we do is we'll start out cow calling, uh, just simple cow calf communication. We'll do about a thirty second mirage of cow calls and uh you know just answering each other. We'll try to sound like anywhere from five to fifteen cows. The more you can sound like the better. Mm-hmm. We'll throw in the external reed call. Uh like I said, my dad uses the double reed. I use the triple reed. Um hunting with CJ and Stefan and uh Brandon. You guys all use I use the double. Double. Double reed. And to, to make it to
3: a point to yours it's it's really impressive sitting there listening to you and your dad talk back and forth as far as like an elk herd. Mm-hmm. It's definitely calling. smooth. Well, this year we
2: actually us three did that together. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom Sr., Thomas, and then I. And then we called a nice little satellite. Board. Yeah. But, uh,
3: but yeah, we were kind of just talking it up. I can't call personally. I'm still learning, so <laughs> yeah. there's still that curve of learning. So they just told me to leave my calls in my back and you ready to shoot when i went with <laughs> hey, them no they place. tell me that yeah. the same thing i'm okay with that <laughs> yeah. though, you know and yeah. you but have that, two that, world champion callers
4: exactly but that's the thing we we've heard bull's bugle and it's like there's no way that's a bull oh, i mean yeah. we've heard it and we're like that's got to be a hunter and then yeah. this bull walks out and you're like or, or even this year even the bull I shot this year it, i mean you know there's certain bulls you hear it's like you know that's a herd bull, or that's yeah. a mature bull. I mean, you know that's that not body. a
5: hunter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it, you
4: yeah. just know it, yeah. right? You can feel it. And and the bull this year, I'm like, was that a beautiful? <laughs> I mean, it was just, it, it was a mature bull, but it, so don't be afraid, you know, for, for, yeah. the, for the people out there, the yeah. guys and gals out there that are just starting, don't yeah. be afraid, right? And it, it, it's a blessing to be in the presence of a world champion caller, right? Yeah. right? I mean, because I want to learn. Even the experience I have, it. I go into life. If you can learn something every day, yeah. you're going to better yourself. But for the people that are just starting, and maybe Thomas, you can help us. But don't be afraid to call.
5: No. Well, also, I've like I've realized, and I've actually heard real elk like bugle. It's like a bad bugle. And the best thing is that if you're if you mess up on a bugle, don't just stop. Finish it off. Yeah. And you just never know. And I've when I was first started, I've called in nice six by six and. Sounded like crap, and you know, and also use raking. I I like to rake, you know, yep. and it just what is that elk responding to? Mm-hmm. So,
1: He's every a little, little bit more about like nonverbal communication, like yep. I'll uh, I'll we'll kind of complete, I guess, our our first stand yeah. approach yep. to round that out. Um, like I said, we we start out with cow calling. Uh, we usually do about a thirty second barrage of cow calls back and forth to each other, sound like a herd. We don't bugle. Okay. Um, this is our strategy. It, it sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes we use a different strategy. But uh, first stand of the morning, we always do cow calls. Um, the way I like to think about it, right? If you're if you're going out to a bar, right, and you're looking looking for some girls, you don't want other competition there, right? So if now there's the a bull close by, it's like, okay, there's some cows over there. Maybe they got away from me if I'm the herd bull and I need to go corral them. Or maybe I'm a satellite bull and I'm displaced from the herd. And now I got a couple, you know, satellite cows, if you want to call them that. And then you can call a bull and he just gets curious and he's like, oh man, I'm going to get lucky. So that's the way I kind of view it. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, we'll, we'll do the cow call thing for about the first stand. We, we hunt for about 30 to 45 minutes, okay. whether we hear a call or not. Um, we'll sit there. We know it's a good spot. We've done our scouting, or we've been hunting that area for years, mm-hmm. so we know it. Um, you know, if I'm hunting an area I've never been to, I might move around a little bit more if I'm not hearing an answer right away. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I usually hunt areas that I'm used to, so we'll do that for about 45 minutes. We don't hear anything. You know, at 30 minutes, I might let out a bugle, see if I can get a response from that. Um, if I don't hear anything, we'll move about. What kind of bugle? Uh, it's just a locator, small, you know, locator, immature satellite bull bugle. You don't uh-huh. want to sound like the biggest, baddest bull. Uh, maybe if you're hunting in Arizona, you know, in like Unit 15 or something. Yeah. yeah you know, there's yeah, yeah. the average bull you're chasing is a 320. You want to sound big to compete. Yeah. And, uh, you know, because you know there they're looking for a, a big bull because he's got cows. In Colorado, you're looking to hopefully public land bull shoot a, <coughs> shoot a legal bull. Yep. Um, so we just let out a, you know, short four-second bugle. I don't even put grunts in it most of the time, Um, but that's just my personal preference. Uh, So say nothing happens, we'll move on to the next spot, move 400 yards um, over the next ridge, whatever it may be sat down and bugle like or sat down and start calling again you think your calls travel a lot further than they do in the woods but yep, they don't if you separate from your hunting partner even a hundred yards you're like dude were you even calling <laughs> yep, exactly <laughs> but so the the bull maybe I mean they obviously have way better hearing than we do um, especially especially some of us, with all the shooting we do, and, what, um, hey, what yeah. was uh, <laughs> so went, that? So some of us were even arguing if we heard a bugle or a gobble in the woods. Yeah, but uh, you know they can definitely hear better than us. So I try to shoot for that three hundred to four hundred yards, or if you know the area, all right, I know they congregate in this area. This is a good bedding area. All right, I'm going to move to the next one. Move to the next one. Make a day out of it. Um, so I'll leave it at there for now. Uh, we can continue to. So cover just kind of a recap stuff. real quick. So you're. Your kind of strategy to start off the
0: cow calling, you know, you want to call some bulls in, or you're not starting off with a bugle right off the bat. And the places that you're doing that, the, the first stands you're going to, you're looking at better areas where they're going to be hanging out, or where you think they're going to be heading, hanging out, and that's where preseason season comes in, or just having knowledge of land, right? Yep. And so and then you're moving around to those places. How long on average are you kind of spending each place until you, I guess it's probably different everywhere you go, you know, but... Are you like, hey man, we're gonna work spot for an hour and then move on? Is it two
1: hours or? Um, as far as a spot goes, like where I set up and call, that's another thing too. Just kind of taking a step back here. I never—I shouldn't say never because I've done it and I've been busted a few times. But calling on the go, yeah, it's tough. Right, like okay. Same thing with Turkey. Like, you know, you may call, and boom, he's right there and you're screwed. Yep. Like, so I—I I don't like to call unless I'm set up. Or if I have another guy, like if I'm guiding or if I'm hunting with someone else, you know, and all right, you get ready. I'm going to call real quick. And just so you're prepared. You never know in the woods. You could have been calling those 30, 40 minutes. And you're like, all right, let's move. And that bull was coming the whole time silent. Yep. And next thing you know, you stand up. I don't know how many times I start packing my stuff and I look up and there's the bull standing there. And you're like, well, there he goes. <laughs> so I got a question. So, um, say out of 10 times, how many times do you use a decoy? Decoy? Um... Every time I don't put it out, I wish I did. <laughs> so, really? You yeah. Elk decoy. Elk decoy. Uh, we use Montana Silhouette decoys. Okay. Um, very lightweight, easy to pack in your pack. Uh, Which one do you like? Uh, I use uh, the Miss September. Okay. So it's uh, basically the, the butt kind of over-the-shoulder look, you know? It's uh, (laughs) a sexy look. You know when you got the (laughs) (laughs) bars? It's mid-September.
4: That's the reason I I asked. That same decoy is the one I've had the most success with. So I've got a broadside one, and I've had more elk spook, and and I love Montana decoys, but the Miss September I've had the best luck Mm. over the years with that decoy. I don't
1: think it catches as bad of a shadow, and I think that it's also narrow enough that it can get away with disappearing i think yeah. the full broadside one which my dad packs the full broadside one i usually mm-hmm. pack them in september clever um so yeah Smart you can take man. the smaller So, oh. but uh yeah as far as decoying go that you know is also another thing that goes into the first setup especially the first setup where i know it's you know my quote-unquote honey hole yeah like that's where i'm gonna go i've killed out there multiple times year over year i get into them I'm going to set that decoy up. You never know where the elk's going to come from when you set up. But you think you have a general idea of the thermals, the way the thermals work and whatnot. You try to set yourself up for success. So you set that decoy out. Um, If you can pick a shooter, ideally, great. Then you set that decoy back with the collar. Um, One thing we do with the decoy, too, is we'll take a piece of trail ribbon, tie it around its neck on both sides of orange trail ribbon. Just because you... You never know, especially yep. muzzleloader season. You, you're wearing orange and muzzleloader and rifle, but in archery you're not. You never know somebody could. I don't know how many people I've called in the woods, and you know they're sneaking in on a decoy. Also. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just to be safe, um, yeah. you know, throw some bright colors in there on the decoy, whether it's decoy arrow fletching, something like that that you can wave at somebody. Yeah. That's gotta be flattering though, man. Having someone walking on you thinking you're a, a cow or a bull. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. Uh, it's flattering and very annoying. Yeah, I was saying, all the time, man. You know. It's uh, like Bruce said. You know, uh, it's when you hear an elk bugle, you usually can tell it's it's a real elk. Um, but there's been multiple times where we're laughing. We're like, man, this guy needs yeah. he needs to come over to the house to give because. We do get lessons here locally in Colorado, one on one lessons. So, so you are like, doing man, Zoom lessons now too. Yeah, so. now we're starting to do Zoom lessons as well, so you can get that. So, how, the how the do website, you get that man. information? Yeah. How, how does saying, someone I, sign up yeah. for it? Yeah. You? Um, so, our website is just uh, milehighnotegamecalls.com. That's pretty, you um, got pretty inventive with uh, that <laughs> website. Original. <yeah. laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. So, and like uh,
0: I, said, I will put that in the show notes so they can check you out. not September. September.
1: Yeah, summer September. Uh, you might find something different on the internet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. My that line of game work. calls: uh, Facebook, Instagram, um, primarily is what we're on, and our website. But uh, if you're looking for inquiries on lessons, that's something that we can do as well. Um, but yeah, like I was saying, it's sometimes you're just giggling to each other. Man, this guy sucks. Like he's, or, uh, he's and you can bad. tell. And that, so that's one thing yeah. for everyone
4: out there that's planning a hunt. You know, you, you spend the money on the equipment you spend the time practicing your with your bow or gun rifle whatever it might be muzzle muzzleloader spend the time you know get a hold of time and and spend that time learn how to call it makes a world of difference
1: that's the hilarious thing all the expos we go to um you know we this year has been rough there hasn't been any because of covid um even next year they started canceling our shows the hunt expo in utah we go to and that's one of my sales pitches if you will right like I mean, you got to a sick coat on. You just bought a $2,000 bow. You bought all this. My diaphragm is $5. <laughs> yeah. And I'm trying to sell you a diaphragm right now. Like, yeah. you should just buy it. Like, what do you You should buy 10 yeah, of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and that's another thing is our, our diaphragms are 5 bucks. Yeah. Uh, the normal diaphragm you find nowadays is $9. Yeah. Um, mm. Our tube is $30. And this tube that we make, I can attest to it. I ran it over with my four-wheeler. It's fine. That uh, yeah, it guy this year or? It was on accident. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That one was on accident. Yeah, yeah, was it was a little weird. bit more spherical, but I just rounded it out. It was fine. My um, mm-hmm. buddy this year ran his over with a Chevy Avalanche. It was still Actually, fine. Actually, that was my tube.
2: He ran over. That yeah, was your
1: <laughs> tube. <time. laughs> <laughs> the oh, other guy in the camp ran over wrong, right? CJ's tube. That's right? Oh, <laughs> Yeah, Ron ran over the tube, and uh, it was fine, though. Yeah. It, it was with the rest of the It is fine. And, uh, you know, our tubes are $30. Um, still, you know, $10, $15 cheaper than the competitors. So. Yeah, so you
0: at $35, you get diaphragm. And, a tube. Yeah. you know, if you think about it, if you buy, let's say you're not sure what you want, so you buy a couple double reads, you know, triple read, let's say one of each, you know, single, yep. triple, and double tube, you're looking at 45
1: bucks. Yeah, right. We, uh, so, yeah, we sell a package deal for $47. Well, imagine with a that. Two, comes with a single or a double read a single read and a double reed because usually when you start out you start with a single okay. it's a lot easier to call the turkey callers out there right on the east coast Yep. everybody starts out on like a single reed because you can make a noise mm. first step is making a noise yes Um, I've seen guys when they come into class they put the reed in backwards shaped like a horseshoe and they think the horseshoe matches your teeth yeah. so they put it in backwards it doesn't go that way so yeah it's um, hot tempered there guys yeah <laughs> flat, flat spot to the front yeah exactly it's not like flat a retainer to, yeah right. and uh it comes with a uh, CD as well that goes through a full calling lesson with us. That's awesome. So okay. that's forty seven dollars. You get the whole package deal. Dude, so it's uh, you know where the price point is at. It's a great deal. So we saw um, we saw a lot of those kits at the
2: expo yeah, last year.
1: Yeah, the kit is definitely a big a big seller. It's called the Antagonizer kit. Our tube is the Antagonizer grunt tube. So you yeah. just get the full kit for forty seven bucks. But uh, going back to Bruce's point, you spend all this money on it. The yeah. calls are your cheapest part and that's what brings the animal closer to you yeah. I don't know about you guys but i would rather the animal come to me and yeah, exactly. chase it across the woods exactly. yeah. you know? yeah. it just makes sense to me um, but you know the first thing is get confidence in your calling and breaking that silence so. you know and I think
0: too um, not only keep the animal closer but to me one thing I love about turkey hunting in the spring is you get to talk to the animal yeah. back and forth and it, same thing with elk calling it's like I'm talking to the animal, right? I mean, an and, You know, and to me, part of what I love about hunting is that I can pattern the animal, I can I can figure it out, I can trick it, right? Yeah. And calling's all part of that, right? So, um, so I didn't brought up earlier. What's your what's your thoughts on you know non vocal calling?
1: So or other things? You know, for example, yeah, scrapes and, and uh, Go ahead. Um, as far as non vocal calling, uh, you want to include vocals in it. Um, if you're just going around scraping a tree without a bugle prior or after, it's kind of a little suspicious. Um, any bull you see usually raking a tree, he'll generally bugle sometime in that interaction. Um, but as far as, you know, sometimes if I am making a move on a bull, let's say, he's he's hung up, just like turkeys, right? Yeah. Hung up in the holler, right? Yeah. Except <laughs> in Colorado, we just say he's hung up over the ridge. Down <laughs> <So. laughs> they thing will holler, man. So he's hung up. Like, all right, what do we do next? You know, there's multiple, there's different techniques to going after him, but one technique I'll do is I'll sneak in on him, obviously. Um, If you're by yourself, you got to go in by yourself. If you got a hunter, he can stay back and keep calling, keep him occupied. You can sneak in. Yep. And uh, you may snap a twig, right? You're going through dark timber, you're going through brush, you're going through a burn area, whatever it might be, it's loud. Um, Colorado's dry. it's it's loud every step you take pine needles pine cones um but elk elk are loud too elk are loud too if you ever hear a herd go through except when they come in they seem to always find their way so silently but that's that's because they know something's going on they're trying to hunt you down to find you you're calling but if i snap a twig make some noise on the way in i'll let out a cow call i don't bugle i don't want them to think you know there's there's another bull coming but once again this is public land colorado where we're not chasing 360 bulls day in and day out um, we're chasing rag we don't want to scare them off. So um, I may lay out a cow collar too, I'm not going to do a bunch, um, so that's if I'm approaching the animal. If, say, he's hung up, and a different technique I want to take is raking, like Brandon said, he rakes a lot. I don't do it a lot, I'll only do it when the bull is hanging up. If you have a bull coming in on a string, just like a turkey, you don't want to mess up what you're doing. What yeah. you're saying to him is working. Um, so you don't want to ruin it. Get more movement. Maybe spook that bull. Like, oh man, he maybe he's bigger than I think. It's all different. You know, yeah. There's no cows with them. I just hear this guy bugling over and over and over and over. That's one mistake a lot of hunters make. They just bugle, bugle, bugle. Hell, even if you can't master diaphragm, get a hoochie mama. At least make a cow call. Yep. Um, but raking a tree, it's not something you do for long. It's just a short interaction. Um, you can rake it with a tube if you want. Uh, you may rip a cover off or something. I usually just grab a stick. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't pick the smallest tree, don't pick the biggest tree, just something with some limbs to break. Um, start breaking the tree up, maybe throwing a few cow calls while you're doing it. So you're, you're taking a stick and like hitting the tree. the tree. Rubbing it up and down up and down a tree. Yep. Um, both sides, knocking limbs off, you know, and maybe hitting the ground a little bit with it too. Sounding like you're tearing a tree up. And then so throw out a cow collar, too, and then a bugle. At him.
4: That rub we saw today, how, how far was that off the ground?
1: It was, the top of it was
0: like probably eight feet. I, I extended my hand up, I'm six foot tall, and it was probably another eight
4: inches above my hand, so
0: probably okay. nine feet.
4: Yeah. So yep. he, you saw where it was rubbed in the middle, but up on top, and that's yep. where he's talking about, that bark. Yep. So it doesn't have to be, but just that bark sound is, when, they're, yep. when a bull's raking... That's what they're doing. So that's that's what you're here.
6: Now,
0: and so because I started playing around with this whitetails this year, because um, you can't, really, I don't know, you can grunt on white whitetails a little bit, but I've a lot better success, like scraping, you know, thrashing brush, um, doing like doe things like that. And so, one thing a tip a buddy of mine told me, he's like, hey, if you watch, if you watch a buck tear a tree up, he'll like do one or two tears and then stop and listen, and then he'll do one or two tears, stop, listening. And if you, but if you watch a lot of people scrape. They do like eight or ten scrapes, and then do it again. And I'm so one thing I started working in is like I thrash some grass once or twice and then stop. Yep. So is, do you kind of work that into? Or
1: yeah, I mean, like I like I mentioned earlier, it's not something you do for a prolonged amount of time. Um, you know, maybe five seconds. Like I okay. said, I'm mixing a cow call here and there too. Because I mean, just because the bull's raking doesn't mean everything else stops. Yeah, right? that's the biggest thing you got to remember. If you want to sound like a herd keep sounding like a herd well, uh, and, and, it's,
0: it's kind of like kind of like we we're doing podcasts
1: right you're trying to create a picture uh for the bull right so yep. you yep, don't want to take a picture just... you know throw out some cow calls i do about five seconds let out a small bugle um maybe stop for a second break another tree keep cow calling you want to sound like you're mixing it up you know yeah. he's, he's chasing the cows he's yeah. doing whatever it may be so mm-hmm. Awesome.
0: That's a that's a lot of good tips so, The other to thing
4: too, if you can, if you can see the elk. So, being a guide and, and Thomas, you hunting with other people and stuff. But if you can actually watch the bull. So we had a an opportunity this year, and we're we're in a, a trophy unit compared to the over the counter units. But we've got a upper 350, 360 class bull, and he's with four other bulls, and they're hung up, and uh, had a client in front of me this year. And what we did, so I backed up and then went around and, and then bugled and started scraping. And and I used Thomas's call. So I used the double. And and I'm scraping in there. Didn't scrape a lot and then just, you know, trashing the branches and stuff like that. And then I and the client was still up in front of me. But then I backed back around where I was. Okay. The wind was shifting. So we moved around right before dark. That big herd bull came right over to exactly where I was scraping. So if we would have kept that client right there. But it was that scraping on that yeah. instance, with intermixed with the calls, that it was enough where he was, and he waited till right before dark. But it was that something's going on over there, right? Mm-hmm. We we played the wind, so we didn't want to blow him out. But if we there, uh, would have stayed there, it was a good chance that he would have came right in. So, yeah. but if you can see him, and and you know, so I'm watching him, and I'm behind the decoy. And they're just they're just hung up, and they're like, nah, I don't know, something just isn't, you know. The young bulls they come right in, yep. but and that's one thing too. And, and you can talk about that, but if you got bulls coming in, just because if one comes in doesn't mean there isn't something behind it. Usually the bigger bulls are
5: are going to be behind trail. Smart one. yeah, send The little guy out
1: first to the wolves, yep, and they and they die. So the so best thing yeah. is just having that experience
5: yeah. out in the woods. You know, I've yeah. I've called in. A lot of animals, and you know, like one instance is this bull. I called him five times to ten yards and thirty yards, and you know, I was I could see him when he went up back up because he'd come down and then go back up. He just didn't know what was going on, but interrupting his bugle, I was challenging him, but I was raking hard, and that instinct is like just reading that animal. And the best thing is just getting out in the woods. And prior,
1: before yeah. hunt season. Yeah. Um, Bull this, rut is like a drunk guy, like a drunk call. Oh, yeah. At a bar, yeah. Right? Like a drunk call <laughs> yeah. boy at a bar. If you can hit him in the rut and all that stuff. Go for it. So, here yeah. we are back to bar
5: now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's but so yeah. Yeah. It it's so worked.
1: true. It works. We're, we're all animals <laughs> up exactly. right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They, they have hard. one goal, and they can only do it one time a year, so they're pretty good. <laughs> well, when you get an elk in the rut, you know, when he's raking, bugling, all that
5: testosterone is building up. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I called this bull in. I, it was about 1,700 yards away, and, you know, I was like, oh, no way he's going to hear me. Um, mm-hmm. And it was, a, it was a clear path. Um, it wasn't over a ridge and trees and all that stuff, but uh, I was – just more or less messing around at the end of the day and didn't think I would have opportunity. Yeah. And I have it all on camera and everything, but he was running down, raking every tree, bugling hard. It was just a great experience mm-hmm.
1: and, and like like Brandon just kind of touched on there is just because you call an elk in doesn't mean you're gonna shoot it. Yeah. I mean yeah. you're hunting no matter what's public, private especially archery hunting, Um, if you're rifle or, you know, hunting with a smoke pole, you definitely have a little bit more of an advantage. But if you're archery hunting, I'd say 9 out of 10 times you're not going to get shot.
3: Yep.
5: Well, yeah, I've mean, called it, him
1: in to 10, uh, ten yards, <clears throat> and he's bugling right there,
5: and
3: I don't have a shot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that just pertains to elk hunting exclusively no. either. It, like, it, tur- it happens in all the facets. Day, yeah. Turkeys, waterfowl, yep. uh, whitetail. Yep. It kind
1: of goes into everything. It, it's an animal at the end of the day. Yep. yep. Like,
0: especially the a bow. Yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. with a bow,
1: but at the end of the day, I mean, just calling an elk in is an accomplishment. Okay. Well, I think
0: too uh, you know, this kind of goes back to your time about little Brandon um, I'm a big prop- proponent of spending time in the woods like, you, you mm-hmm. can't get any better education than spending time in the woods watching animal behavior and one thing that got me h- hooked on bow hunting is the first day I bow hunted deer I saw I killed the seventh deer I saw the first six I could have killed with rifle no question yep. but because I had a bow in my hand and I'm, I'm not shooting past 30 yards I actually killed at 33 yards um, mm-hmm. lied myself a little uh, bit there yeah. Um, but yeah <laughs> Because I kind of had that limit in my head, I got to watch the animals. You know, there's a couple times where I had two deer within the kill zone, but one was looking at me. You know, the other one was looking away, so you can't draw. You know, and like the one I ended up shooting, the other one with her spooked off. You know, and I and the bigger one just decided not to. She didn't spook off. She turned broadside and started walking away. I'm like, well, you're gonna die. You know, but it. I don't know. I've learned a ton doing that, and it's kind of like turkey hunting or anything, man, you just spend time in the woods, watch the animals work, and kind of like I was talking about earlier, making that natural sound, making what they're going to do.
5: Yeah. You know? Well, and, like, you know, I don't have great success, but I get into animals every year. Um, my season starts for shed hunting, mm-hmm. and that that time of the year, you know, I, I try to find the horns and all that stuff. It's I love it, and it just gets me out. It gets me in shape, too. But, you know, if I find some elk, I try to put a stalk on them. Just learn, yeah. you know, thermals, um, how they act and react, and um, and then it goes to scouting, um, knowing your area and knowing what where the animals are, their patterns, and it's not gonna be a, like it's not gonna guarantee success, but it's going to give you a lot more opportunities, mm-hmm. and that's all. That's what hunting's about. Um, is building opportunities and memories and all that stuff and leading that. And I'm pretty new to like trail cameras and I love it now, mm-hmm. but it's a little bit more work here because I got to drive two to five hours away to set them up, check them, yep. et cetera. And you don't have phone service up yep. at Timberline. So, and that's the thing like, also the weather, it can be extremely hot. Um especially here in Colorado we had a we had a drought year and um a lot of fires really, through yeah exactly same year but it it's just finding you might go up and find a wallow and you go up in two weeks to check your camera and that wallow's dry hmm. and then you don 't have anything on that camera and you know it 's just going to the next area and really. You know, e-scouting is huge. Um, yep. Onyx, uh, Google Earth. I like Google Earth just because you can see that three-dimensional. Um, try to find more benches and have an idea where you're going to find wallows and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. it's just, you know, when you're bored at home instead of watching some TV or you can even have TV on, but you're just doing some little, little bit of homework.
0: Well, it's kind of like you talked about with you know, buying the calls, man. You know, guys will focus on buying a $2,000 gun <laughs> or man, I got to have this one piece of gear that's 700 bucks, but they won't think about like, Hey, why don't I get on Onyx and just look at the landscape,
3: you know, I mean, and learn something. There's people that still kill elk and plaid. so
0: And they didn't kill an elk and plaid so. uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. forever, man. Yeah,
3: plaid and blue
1: jeans. Yeah. Yeah. Plaid and blue jeans. Yeah. Black and red plaid. Yep. That's the only one to go. That's cool. right. <laughs> this,
0: like, Because I've talked to a lot of guys that are really, really good hunters kill big animals. And I'm, like, I'm not going to knock anyone that, that pays a lot of money for an outfitter to kill a, a trophy. That's <laughs> that's what they're there for. But, um, like Bruce, yeah. you know, Trophy Ridge Outfitter. So, we asked you today, what's your success rate? We're the last two years,
4: we're 100% opportunity. 100% opportunity. And so, explain what that means. So, that means uh, in the past two years, we all of our clients have had an opportunity to, to harvest a I would say a 280 class bull or bigger, and they chose to whether they shoot or not. That's up to them. Mm-hmm. But when they see a larger animal, uh, score or, or mature animal, um, but that's totally different than the over-the-counter units, right? Over-the-counter yep. the counter units, myself included. Uh, over-the-counter units, you're usually going after the first legal bull because there are so many it or yeah. yeah, I mean, legal yeah. out. Yeah. It could be Calf or tags, style, yeah. so, Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that, and that's a thing, right? So, it, it really depends on... So, and that's one thing I'll tell everybody is is apply for um points. Because the quality of the hunt, and, and for our unit, they only give out 25 bull tags Yep. in a season. Compared to, I don't know how many bull tags are in the over-the-counter units, Or Over-the-counter, right? I mean,
3: list A, and it's either sex. Right. Or yeah. So, I mean, but there's... Really, yeah. I mean,
4: heck, I've had... 25 people hunting around me, right? Yeah, Let alone not yeah, in the yeah. whole unit,
3: but uh,
4: in the over County unit. So and it takes some time to do the research and stuff like yeah. that, but and it, it's it doesn't even have to be a trophy, right? It just everyone whatever that animal is whether it's a deer or elk, trophies in the eye of the beholder, mm-hmm. whether it's a 350 bull or better, or whether it's just a nice mature animal or, or even a legal animal, mm-hmm. that's a trophy. Yeah. So um, so for us, it's just that. But we're people that, we're blessed, right? We live here. Yeah. So we can, even though it's two or five hours for us to drive, we can do that. But someone out east, uh, when they're, and I've been there. I grew up in Illinois, and I started guiding in Montana when I was 18. And, you know, we would get out once a, once a year for two weeks. Yep. And that that's it. So for me, it was the first legal animal uh, yep. uh, you know what I mean? Because yep. we didn't have work. We live here. You so he had like to get killed in you, right? So yep. down in Arkansas with the ducks, right? He, he lives in the duck capital of the world, right? So it's different for us up here, um, but when, you,
5: when you're in that area. But for me to
4: go down when I used to hunt down in Arkansas, it was the same thing, right? You get there. We don't know where to go. So that's, that's where an outfitter or, or some type of service, drop camp or something, yep. helps out. Because we do the scout. We let you know roughly where to go, where they're at. And and we do all that work when you don't have time.
0: No, that's absolutely right. And I think you know the kind of point with all that is increased time in the woods or increased information yep. from guides, whatever. It's going to increase your opportunities, right? Yes.
5: And do your homework. And
0: that. the way to kill mature animals or whatever trophy you want to kill is increasing those opportunities, right? You know, and I I try to explain it to people is you know the more time you spend in the woods. You know, you're gonna go, man. You know, I like earlier this year, I was telling some people. So I, my my target deer on one of the properties in Missouri, a nice wide 12 pointer. I I only saw him one time during the day, and the time I saw him, there there was a doe coming out. I shoot at the doe, I missed the doe at 30 yards because I missed the doe at 30 yards, and I, <laughs> I look back where she was coming from, and he's standing there. I just see you know from his neck up, he just kind of looks at me like you know downtown in the middle of the rut, and turns around, and trots off before I can before I can look at him and. He came, uh, they came back a little bit later, and just where, in an area where I couldn't shoot at him, and I got to look at him and confirm, yep, yeah, it was a nice wide 12-pointer. But, you know, that's a heartbreaking story for me, but it's like, okay, if I hadn't gone out that day, I only had four hours to hunt that day. If I hadn't gone out, because, you know, well, why get up for four hours, right? I wouldn't have seen him.
1: You wouldn't have had a story.
0: I wouldn't have had a story, I, and I, I potentially right. could have, I mean, <laughs> thinking about it, okay, if I'd played that a little differently, if I'd been a little more patient and not tried to shoot the doe, I would have seen him, right? and it's like so next year i make it that you know that year and so you're <clears> not <throat> going to shoot the doe or there's times where
1: you're you know hunting i've been there you know hunting public land in colorado you're like that bull's trailing her. you got a yeah. full draw you got a cow 20 yards mm-hmm. and you're like yeah. you got either sex tag over the counter i'm gonna wait for mm-hmm. that bull and then the wind shifts and well, and that's Those, like. You should have shot the cow because yeah, you never yeah. saw another elk. So, you know, well, that's like one thing them. I'm like very
5: passionate about and all that stuff because I, when I'm up in the woods, especially in September, it can be, you know, it can be 30 degrees or it can be 80 degrees. But, you know. From
1: what? Yeah, 12, yeah this year we went up. Snow. And, yeah, four, and four, yeah. we were up to. Yeah, 16, yeah, 16 in inches of snow. 16 inches of snow. And. The weekend before it was 80. But, you know, what I'm trying to get to is. I, I'm a big sweater,
5: and yeah. I don't care what you do in the woods is the elk is going to win with their nose. Right. And, yep. you know, watching the thermals, <coughs> always checking your wind in indicator. Um, and if, if you have to adjust, and, because if they smell you, they're gone. Well, one of the and biggest things
3: I took away this year was hunt
1: the wind.
5: Well, don't
1: hunt the oh, 100%. I don't, I don't, I've never hunted out for whitetails and tree stands. And I just see the commercials all the time about dead down wind, this, that, work. all that. garbage. <laughs> it doesn't, yeah. work. It doesn't, it doesn't work. work. So I'm like, I've never done it. So maybe it works for deer, but no. elk, it doesn't matter. Like the wind's wrong. The wind's wrong. You can do everything right. And when they come in there, they're always going
5: to try to wind you. That's right. the thing.
1: You're well, exactly the same, right?
5: Yeah.
0: So you, Ralph mantlers or whatever if you can watch the year he's always gonna try to come in
5: down with well this year um during that snowstorm I was hunting with uh Tom senior and Thomas and we called in this uh raghorn <laughs> yeah <right? laughs> that was brutal <laughs> but um this bull was coming in and he was we we're just sitting up in little Aspen Grove and big open meadow but you know we watched him the whole time and he just slowly rotated around yep. us off to our right. And all of a sudden you just see his nose up in the air and like something, something's fishy. Yep. And you know, he wasn't like too spooked, but he just knew something wasn't up. Um, I think
6: sometimes, even if they don't smell you there, we smell them. If, if they, <laughs> if they're looking for a cow or a doe yep, and they get where they think they should be able to smell that cow or doe, and they can't smell the cap. They smell no deer smell. That's still an alarm in their brain. Yeah. Am, well, so
5: we right. well elk urine. You know, I have mixed feelings on that. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I it, drink it using a Is that is that yeah. what you do? Yeah. So when you I, sweat, you yeah. sweat. Yeah. Elk yeah. pee. But you, you know, five, two um,
0: weeks ready. Pee. Yeah.
5: I've had it help me in like <laughs> so some scenario. <laughs> right. But...
0: Sorry, guys. Well, no. A buddy of mine, Chuck Connor, down in the southeast, big turkey hunter, and he was telling me a story about this bird that got real call shy. So, you know, he got the gobble got within range of it, started, you know, hen calling, shut up. He said to it three days in a row, and he's like, okay, I got to try something different. And so he guessed where that bird was going to pitch down. This kind of comes to where nonverbal calling comes in, right? So he got in there, and just at first light, he, um, he just got set down and started scraping the ground and did like a little, uh, the wing beat coming out. And that bird came in, and he said that bird... Walked in this little opening, looked left, right, didn't see any feathers, and turned around, was getting out of there. He said, "Shot in the back of the head, man." Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's kind of the same thing where it's not necessarily even if they wind you, like Dan was talking about, if they don't see what they want to see or see what they think they should be
5: seeing. Well, that's why, like a Montana decoy, you know, it's yep. it doesn't work all the time, but it's at comfort level. If that elk does see something you know even if he moves an extra 30 yards that might give you an opportunity yeah 100
1: i mean we've got videos my dad and i you know we always try to film our hunts it usually never works out because <laughs> yeah. neither of us can commit to filming but we do have video of elk that we're in an open meadow on you know this hill we call wounded hill because you hunt long enough you're gonna wound an animal and yep. unfortunately my family's wounded a lot of animals on this hill so it's been dubbed a wounded hill but uh I mean, it's about 180 yard across the hill, like big. It's a big open meadow mm-hmm. and an aspen grove. And usually, an elk comes in. They want to see something.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: If they don't, they're out. Yep. And we've had well, elk come in. We put usually a decoy, like I said earlier, 40 yards behind us if we're set up, and neither of you commit to being the caller. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you put it between you, 40 yards back. It gives us something to look at. We've had elk hang around our like just feeding in front of you never got a shot but you know they hang around they're looking for that something um and Brandon touched on uh you know urine using elk urine um or if you're whitetail hunting maybe using doe urine um I never used to use it my dad he was never a fan of it just because he hated smelling like it for that whole week well and
5: then you can't and smell the urine, urine yeah if you, you can't smell the elk yep.
1: urine to you or your hunting buddy's like you smell that yeah like, I was just <laughs> me <laughs> or was it but uh, I'll tell you what. A few years back, CJ and I we we were elk hunting, and, and this guy, God, I wish I wish I could remember what company he had. But we were at an expo, and I don't know. He he honestly had a little spray bottle of elk urine in his pocket that he gave me. <laughs> He's like, "Hey man, I uh, I've got elk and." Uh, you know, I, I raise elk and I have urine. Like this is the best stuff. He was kind of promoting his stuff without having a booth, right? Yeah. But, yep. Um, I wish I knew what it was because it worked. Like, funny. Mm. maybe no, he'll hear this. Yeah, maybe he'll hear this. Gotta reach out. He'll be like, "Oh, the asshole, doesn't remember me." Four gallons of elk, and that dude will not
0: talk to me anymore. It was like a Normally two ounce shot,
1: yeah. but uh, it it really worked that year. And and from that that we with it that day, we did we. Yeah. It was well, the last day of the season. Man. We had nothing to lose. <laughs> yep. And, you know, we got into a herd of elk, and you know, the wind was good, and then it got bad, and then it started swirling. You hit that yep. 9 o'clock in the morning, it starts swirling, the thermal starts mm-hmm. shifting. I'd say like and 70% elk, of
5: hunting swirls.
1: Yeah. We had elk every side of us, yep. and we were like, what do we do? The bull's over there, cows are behind us, we're busting cows, are here and there, so we just started spraying it everywhere. Yep and It worked. I mean, how many times did we get within range of that bull? Yeah. I mean, how many times can I say it's it's one more step? <laughs> one more step. It was like a 340 bull, you know, over the counter public land. That's Last day of the, the season. Which yeah. Seems always happens. That That's huge. That's huge It was, monster, it was a monster bull. Monster. Yeah. yeah well, and uh, it just, you know, giving yourself that opportunity. I guess you know whatever it may be. I don't. I try to bring enough clothes now to change into that I don't have to smell like an elk every time I start. (laughs) Twelve pairs. Yeah, you know if you're going on, if you're not able to go home every night or to a lodge, do laundry, whatever it may be bring extra sets of clothes um i have quite a few now myself just because i do start getting a little urine happy start spraying stuff yeah once i start hearing bill bugling and he's starting to get my wind shifted i'll start spraying the trees around me first my pack you know other stuff Mm -hmm. and then if it gets down to it i'll start spraying myself but well a lot um, of time
5: when i hike in too um if this is like before daybreak but sometimes i'll I'll put my hunt clothes like not pants but like a shirt mm -hmm. um because I sweat a lot, and I will hike in with a tank top, mm-hmm. um, and then might stash that underneath a rock or something because get it on the way out. But yep. I don't want my scent. I don't care what you do, use soap, whatever. Even if you use that for a month straight, before your scent still gonna overpower.
0: Okay, so we'll get back to the episode in just a second. But I want to talk um, briefly about my sponsor, Walton Zinc. Um, like I said earlier in the at the beginning of the episode, they make a lot of cool stuff, make a lot of great stuff, everything but the meat. Um, they sell seasonings, cures, um, equipment, grinders, sous vide, you know, a lot of crazy stuff, um, dehydrators, slicers, everything. And what I love about Walton's is it's all quality equipment. So... I can send my friends there and they buy good stuff and I know it's going to work. I know there's not going to be a problem with it. And um, I personally know I can take the stuff on trips with me. I can cook with it. I can do everything with it and I'm not going to have issues. And that's, that's a big deal to me. You know, if I'm going to buy a grinder or buy, you know, a slicer gonna make sure it works and all Walton stuff is great. Also, um, you know, you guys know I love to cook obviously, and they kind of take a lot of the the hassle or the tough part out of um, spice mixes. They make a ton of spice mixes from you know, jerky seasonings to, like I said, cures. You guys know how much I love hams. Um, they make a lot of good options, you know, baking cures. They make spice mixes for fajitas, everything. And what I love about it is you can just pop open that package, throw it in with the meat or whatever you're cooking, and you're good to go. Make sure you check out Walton's Inc. at waltonsinc.com. They're also on Facebook, Instagram, Walton's Inc. Make sure you check them out. Okay, let's get back to it.
6: personal strategy with this is I don't spray a lot of urine, but I always keep a, bat, uh, a can of dope piss in my hunting bag. And if you do that long enough, eventually it'll leak out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your bag will forever smell like dope piss. Yeah, That is the fact. You'll be good for the next 10 years. To there you them go. Them back. Just go. gotta wash your packing. You know. I do keep mine in the Ziploc
1: bag for that yeah. reason. I, so. I, I double Ziploc bag. <laughs> yeah, I'm
0: so paranoid about that. So we, we oh. like elk lives.
4: Okay. And I don't know, get it at Sportsman's or, or Shields or whatever. But and it's not the most expensive; it's a local one. But I tell you what, we've had the best luck. And like I say, yep. we've had bulls come in um, where we set up, and we, we put the set out a few cow calls with your diaphragm, and and here they come. We're yeah. like, you know, right downwind, and it's yeah. like that's not
2: right, right? Yeah. Like, I
4: mean, well, and, and it, you know, we're, we're, yeah. I'm talking an overcounting unit too. So it, it's just something that. I believe in it, and uh, elbow grease has been great for me. And, uh, yeah. But I'll, I'll do it on my gloves a lot because yeah. it's easier to change gloves out than than like your shirt or pants or stuff. But mm-hmm. the same thing though, if I find a hot. Uh, a bed or something like that where a bull's been in yeah, I I- I'll grab that dirt yeah. I'll oh, rub yeah, it right? on yeah. and clients look at me I'm like you want to shoot one or not right it's yeah. like hey yeah. nothing's going to spell more like
1: an L than a fish oh, you grab that dirt and you rub yep. it on there. I mean yeah, I hate to say well, it but it's but like, like a snitch the right? right? same thing <laughs> well, yeah. a, the explanation I have for this is so
0: you know for the last I don't know probably 15 years they've been really hot and heavy about anti-scent yeah. stuff or like scent cover-up stuff scent control you know so um, for your clothes, spray all sorts of stuff. My opinion is that does help at some level. It it helps at some level, but it's not 100% effective at all. They will get your scent, you're going to breathe, you know, yep. out of your mouth, like, you're going to smell. So, a guy explained to me, like, your approach has got to be not to mask my scent, but it's Cover it with something they want to smell, or mix it with something where it's like, okay, that's attractive or normal to them. Even pine boughs. Boy, oh, that's what
4: I do. So that's a, like we'll, the small we'll break, pine trees. We'll break pine, yeah. pine limbs. We'll, we'll do anything I, that sage. Yeah. yeah. Same thing. You know, we'll just break the sage. Whatever's in that area to help mask.
5: You know, what I found is like just a small little pine tree, like a new new growth, and uh, you just hug it and bear hug, and you know, just try to get that scent on you. And Honestly, I feel like that. Works just as good as elk piss. Well, it,
3: go ahead. It's funny because CJ and I were talking about it this spring that it's a good thing that turkeys can't smell. 100%. <laughs> because then we'd be covering ourselves in turkey piss and <laughs> it
6: would just be a nightmare. We say that that's like a saying, like in the South Country. If a turkey could smell, we <laughs> would kill them. I would say, I would say. elk
1: is the hardest thing to kill in the United States for sure. Well, maybe wolf. I hear wolf's hard. I hunted it, but uh killing an yeah. elk is definitely hard because I can smell them but that's always the saying if turkeys could smell it it'd probably be the hardest thing yeah, to yeah. except it, they're like the dumbest smartest bird you ever hunt
3: well, they'll drown by the rain
1: it, down, but you know you're yeah. to hunt them but definitely you know pine sap um you know when you're setting up to hunt you know you got to make sure your lanes are clear too that's the thing i mean we hunt dark timber like where we hunt it's at tree line and like the first shot you're gonna get is 40 yards yeah, like furthest yeah, if you're lucky hour. if you're lucky 40 yards. You, I don't know how many times I've called an elk into 40 yards and I haven't seen it yeah. last year I hunted 15 days and I saw four elk but I got into them pretty much well last year was rough Yeah. Me give a better example yeah. the year before that we hunted 14 different. days and I got into 13 days and I saw elk like three of those days mm-hmm. so it's dark timber but anyway get back to the smell you're, you gotta break some limbs to you know, clear shooting lane, um, that gives some scent of the pine out, uh, you know, so I rub that on myself as well, um, and I think they, I don't know, from my experience of setting up trail cameras, it seems like they like pine. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how many yeah. times I broke pine trees' limbs off, and next thing you know, they're trying to eat the camera because they're trying to stand <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. on yeah. or something. Oh, so. A
6: white tail with cedar. Well, they eat bark. Yeah. I have no idea why, but yeah. they will tear every cedar tree up in the county, even if it's only three trees.
3: And we'll find those three trees <laughs> and tear them shreds. Yeah, I like the smell. It's a, they're, like, all they're
1: all in Vendetta. And so, you
0: know, a couple of us kind of bullshitting about it, you know, in our own opinions, but Stefan and... Uh, Stefan? Stefan. Ste- Ste- Stefan. Stefan. Ste- no, Stefan no, now. Stefan. Ste- huh? Ste- Ste- we meet. Uh, <laughs> Stefan and CJ, you guys actually have degrees in... Uh,
2: Wildlife management,
0: biology,
3: biology. Yeah, so his is wildlife biology. Mine's natural resource management. An and gotcha. then my uh, conservation, <laughs> or my minors in conservation biology. Gotcha. So what's, so what's, what's your guys'
0: opinion on scent stuff with URL? URL?
3: Sort of I think you guys just kind of hit the nail on the head. Pretty, I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's definitely a tool that they use that we can't quite figure out how to trick them. Yep. I just don't think there's a way that we can mask human scent. You can do everything you possibly can. Or, but I mean, our earwax probably puts off a scent that we we're not spraying our ear holes. Like there's just it, there's just things that we can't change. Yeah. Our oils in our hair are probably probably putting off a scent that we just can't change. No, the hat that you wear. Brandon has some know, and burning breath. So I yeah. yeah. nice <laughs> yeah. so, I mean CJ can elaborate a little bit more, but I, I I really feel like there's just we can only do so much before You just gotta hunt the
2: wind. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I'm the type of hunter that I like to do everything to increase my chances. So I'm gonna take scent into account, obviously. Um, But I think at the end of the day, it comes down to to whether you're upwind or downwind. I mean, you can have no scent on, you can be using elk scent, but really it comes down to how you're positioned with the wind and the thermals.
3: Yeah.
2: I think those things can help, but um, I think, you know, all those little factors increase your chances but it really comes down to the wind the thermals yeah
5: and you have to be able to adjust yourself too because here in colorado thermals can go up and down swirl around um just be yeah Yeah. exactly but just be adjustable and just how 2020 is you know we're gonna get curveballs and just adjusting and accepting it and being able to make your opportunities best for you have any of you guys kept up with the outdoor life articles that they do
6: i think they do it every year but they evaluate all of the scent control products on the market so they do this test every year where they take um, these big pine boxes or like plywood boxes <coughs> they, and they do like 16 boxes so four boxes by four boxes and they, they actually use german shepherds Instead of deer, because it's yeah, right, canine. Yeah. <laughs> so they say like a human has between two hundred thousand and five hundred thousand scent receptors in their nose. Mm-hmm. A dog has two million. A whitetail has six million. So That's crazy. A whitetail mm-hmm. can smell three times better than a bloodhound, which is absurd right. to think about. Yeah, <laughs> why are we using deer to track deer? <laughs> yeah. there you <laughs> Okay, okay. If you can tell you're So so deer dogs mean deer deer. Mm-hmm. So, if they take these boxes, and they put the scent control on all these boxes, and then they they hide under one of the boxes, like they put a person under one of the boxes, and then they time, oh, okay. they time how long does it take these dogs to figure out, when, and they're police, they're trained, came yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, right. so it'll they'll time and see how long it takes the dogs to identify which box the person is hiding under, and every scent control product on the market has not... Not increase the time it took for the dogs to find the people. Huh. barn. The only product that, at least, like the last one I've read, the Ozonics, because I'm sure you have oh, yeah. oh yeah, i never used it. That's man. the only product yep. that increased the amount of time it took for the dogs to identify which box the person was on. Every scent control, like your scent blockers and your yep. uh, your carbon-based uh, yeah. clothing. Um, scent masking, stuff like that None of it had any effect on the dog's ability to find Where the people are The Ozonics increased the amount of time it took For so the dogs to find it
3: Now the Ozonics just kills the ozone, right? So it basically kills all the snow around yes. It creates ozone It, it, so it creates, it creates ozone. Okay. ozone,
6: which the scent molecules Allegedly yes. attach to the ozone molecule Do you think okay. that's ever going
5: to be illegal? Killing, well, the, vehicle, killing no. the ozone. You know? No. I think the economy is increasing. In California, <laughs> yeah. in California maybe.
6: Stephen right. said it wrong, or Steph's <laughs> wrong. Yeah. <Yeah>. It's, <laughs> <old, laughs> it's increasing ozone. Yeah. Burn some styrofoam? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh,
4: <laughs> so, Daniel, one thing, though, I, I commend you guys. I mean, we're talking about, so some of us have been blessed to to be into this outdoor and hunting and archery since we were born, pretty much, right? But... For the people that are just getting into it, we've got some. And then, uh, Thomas, I commend you and your dad for bringing in new people into the archery end of it, right? End of the calling and and stuff like that. Because for me, I get excited when, when I meet people that have only been in it for a few years that are, are sharing examples of what they've learned. And when you're rifle hunting, it, it's easy to sit back, and especially with some of the rifles now, right? You're shooting oh, a yeah. four or 500 and maybe on up. But when you're talking about getting in close and, and having opportunities, and you learn so much more. So for the hunters and, and people out there that are looking at getting into it, these are great examples, mm-hmm. right? You, you guys are newer to it, to the archery end of it, and, and maybe the elk hunting. And, and like I say, thanks for bringing them in. And, yep. and that's where I get excited. Choice.
1: No, you didn't. There you go. <laughs> I've, been right. I've been in a, a good, good time. time to <laughs> out <of the> <laughs> and out. It took but, them a long time to get into it, but... Yeah. But it's just great to
5: hear, so I, yeah. I, I commend you on that. Thank well, and the biggest well. thing is, you know, you can buy all this stuff, too, but, you know, do yourself a favor and train a little bit for elk because it's going to save your body, save your knees. Especially if when you, they close down roads. Yeah, well, to ex- be able to exactly. <laughs> um, but, you know, elk is year-round. It's training. It's not it's, easy. No, it's not, and it's... I've, there's been years that I've slapped off and I've regretted it. It's hell, but you know, paying your dues and you know, it's just more or less Dude, walking like
1: down trees this year.
5: Yeah, well, my short little legs yeah, can not get over it. Yeah, <laughs> well, especially if I was in 16 inches of snow, that's half my body. We're not joking. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay, real, real quick, real quick, gotta pause here for a second. So, JJ, is that your girlfriend's name? No. Yeah, Jared, yeah. Shout out Jared. to this lady right here. Okay, so <laughs> we're down in Thomas's basement. She has brought down a plate of cookies, uh, a six pack of beer,
6: some beverages in a glass. Probably <laughs> um, a three fifty of whiskey. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. She's made the like three it's times a, in a row. So JJ is
3: JJ, well JJ, introduce making, yourself. She's, she's, she's making. She's making from very strong drinks. She's good at that. you <laughs> You gonna say hi?
1: New Year's Eve. <laughs> you got to speak up. Do some help out- calling advice for uh, yeah. girlfriends yeah. and uh, wives out there to bear with their earplugs. significant other? Maybe like
5: just at home, you know? Uh, definitely stick them in the basement. <laughs> Drink
6: lots of wine. <laughs> and get some good earplugs. Because it goes for six months. <laughs>
1: That's the biggest thing we always tell uh, significant others is to... Um, Like I said earlier, our our antagonizer kit comes with a CD. We made it a CD for a reason because, well, I shouldn't say all vehicles nowadays have a uh, CD player in them because it seems like they are going away from them. But uh, you play the CD in the car, and uh, practicing in your car is the biggest thing. Yep. I always tell guys so you don't get divorced my truck has, has heard car a car. lot <laughs> of calling
3: <laughs> yeah it, call turkey calling. Yeah, the yeah, beautiful thing about your truck is that it doesn't tell you if you're bad yep. yeah yep. <laughs> so
2: one thing i just like to say about for, for hunters trying to get into archery hunting or elk hunting um, as Thomas and Brandon and Stefan know I like to hunt solo a lot um, and I've learned a trem- I've learned a know. tremendous amount from hunting with Tom Senior and Thomas like invaluable information but some of the most valuable lessons I've learned in the field is just getting out there yep. and making the mistakes myself. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, I hunted 18 days, and 16 days, I hunted solo. But the, the lessons I've learned um, and having the freedom to make those mistakes myself has really aided me in the process. So I have the courage um, to be it's able to also, go out by yourself. That's, um,
0: sorry to Well, that's a mental yeah. game
5: right yeah. there, too, and yeah. that's when you're hunting the woods
3: – Going in that dark and coming out of dark, too. And I'm scared of the dark, man. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's funny you yeah. said that because I told CJ this year. I was like, you know, I'm pretty comfortable in the woods, but honestly, like the dark well, in dark timber is kind of intimidating. You don't hey, know kid, what's around the next well, corner. What, what,
4: do we, what do we discover today? Last night, we were talking about mountain lions.
3: Yep. Yes, we, we found we gotta
4: that have we cut a track
0: mountain lion, at least a day old. Yeah. And a, a mountain lion and a baby, probably. Yeah. A smaller so, cat. Yeah, kid, yeah. And like I said, not more than a day yeah. old. And, uh, I mean, we all over that track, we, we walked it yeah. quite a bit. You know, it was a mature mountain lion. And we were talking last night on the podcast about hunting mountain lion country. And, yeah. you know, and this is like – because I, I hunt by myself a lot too. And I kind uh, of rule, I always carry a pistol, um, especially in remote hunting. I'm carrying oh, a yeah, pistol. On for here, sure. And I'm more worried about uh, – like, two-legged mm-hmm. creatures usually than four-legged ones. Yeah. People do weird shit in the
1: woods. Sasquatch. Sasquatch. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's right. Oh, that's that's you're talking about people? <laughs> oh, <yeah>. Sorry,
0: <laughs> but, right. Sasquatch. I got a theory on Sasquatch. We'll talk about later. Okay, I like, there you go. Uh, that's another podcast. Right, I don't have time tonight. Um, but, man, like, that's... I can't convince you enough. Like, getting in the woods, just, just getting in the woods, right? Mm-hmm. Whether or not... You know, because a lot of guys go, oh, well, the woods not right or it's not the right temperature. But if that's the day you have to hunt... Get in the woods. Exactly. Like, you cannot kill them without being in the woods. You know, I don't know if you guys know the guys from Drury Outdoors. Matt Drury. So, they had the app, uh, DeerCast, a big fan of that. And uh, I know Matt Drury, I think he was saying the two biggest bucks he's killed were on days that said you should not go
3: out. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's like, but. You just just never know. But, and also, you see the coolest things in the woods. Yep. Um, I would have never had this experience. Thomas and I were deer hunting one year. And, uh. No deer, no sign of deer. We saw two coyotes run across the meadow. We're like, screw it. Let's turn this into a coyote hunt. So we started calling at these coyotes because I have duck calls in my truck. So we ran back to the truck, got my duck calls, pulled it apart, and then it turns into a coyote call. So we're squealing at these coyotes. And then all of a sudden, lo and behold, a couple deer bust up the side of a hill. And then uh, rocks are falling down and make a ton of ruckus. And we're like, what the heck? So we walk over to kind of this little ravine and we're looking over. And... We we're seeing if there's more deer because I had a buck tag. So we we're seeing if more deer were coming up or a buck was following them, whatever it may be. And we're sitting there and we're like, oh crap, there's a mountain lion. And it was 80 yards from us. And like, Pretty that's far. something that we would have never seen sitting yeah. at home. It's just, it's not something that you could ever predict or do, it's just, yeah. you gotta be there to experience it. And there's something special about Oh yeah. yeah.
5: I think we need to have Thomas tell his mountain lion story. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which one? We he, heard has, about he has two. <laughs> we heard about this last actually, night. Yeah.
1: If, you, if you ever yeah. want to see a mountain lion, you're hunting, you just come to me, I guess? <laughs> you're the I think mountain I've had mountain. like six, seven run-ins with mountain lions now. But, um, I know if you got people listening on the podcast who have wolves in their state, they probably think we're a bunch of wolves. Or grizzlies. Their, or, grizzlies or grizzlies, yeah. yeah. The but guys up uh, in Wyoming. Yeah, I'm not scared of anything in Colorado except mountain lions. Well, um, we got wolves in the state now. Or cow now, moose. It's and good. now, yeah, or cow moose. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it, no, we, unfortunately, we have them uh, being introduced in the state here the next few years due to do some. That's another podcast. That's another podcast. I you shouldn't put like, biological issues up for a ballot. The 100% it's not a ballot issue. But anyway. Um, <laughs> we'll drink to that. Yeah, we'll <laughs> drink, <laughs> drink to that. Kool Aid. Kool Aid. But, yeah, but uh, so, uh, yes, but will Yeah, sir. Mount Lines yeah. it. I don't know what it is, but I've, I've had some run-ins with mountain lions um, a few years, two years ago now? Yeah. Yeah, not now this last season, but the season before, 2018, no, 2019 movement season. Um, my dad and I, we were doing our thing, we were hunting a wallow, I had a trail camera on this wallow, and uh, a lot of action on it, and it was, a, it was an evening hunt. We. We set up, uh, he actually let me be the hunter that night, so he did go behind me and uh, set up a decoy. We started doing our thing, like I so it was in the evening, we started calling back and forth. We would do 30 seconds of cow calls, kind of take a, I always say five minute, but yeah, I, I, like I think it's a lot three minute. faster, because people who hunt us probably think it's a lot faster than five minutes, but three to five minutes, we'll call it, you know, we'll take a little break, start cow calling again. You know, we, we were going on and on with it, nothing was happening. Started doing some bugling. At this point, you know, it's the last setup of the night. We spent about an hour on it. Um, all of a sudden, uh, you know, I heard his tweak snap to my right. And I, I take a look, like I said, it's dark timber. You're not seeing more than 40 yards in this spot. And, uh, and I just see this blur, brown little blur, you know, about probably 30 yards. And I'm like, well, I didn't get a good look. Could be a cow. Could be a deer. I don't know. All I have was no tag. So I get my bow ready. I signal to my dad, you know, hey, I've seen something. I don't know what it is. But, and of course, he doesn't know what this means. He thinks, think like he's using the eye he nice signal. Right? He's like, oh, Maybe you Baby seal
0: hand signals yeah. are not universal. I've
3: no. found For those who can't see what's happening, he's pointing to his yeah. eyes and then pointing out. Pointing out um, my eyes, man.
6: You he's know, he's seeing fun. something. Yeah. A lot of contact.
1: Yeah, I lost contact on the ground. No. Yeah. So my dad thinks I see an elk. <laughs> and so, so he keeps calling. I get quiet, and I get my bow ready, and I'm facing the direction I saw it. And about 15 minutes go by, 20 minutes, nothing's happening. So I'm like, well, must have been a deer. Because if you get deer in and out, like my truck cameras, I get like 2,000 pictures in two weeks, and probably 75% of them is one doe that's just sitting there licking the deer. It's you know? <laughs> like, so, so true. And <laughs> so I'm like, well, it's probably just a deer. So I, I set my bow down and look at my dad, and I'm like, I give him the, you know, I don't know signal. Whatever that means in your <laughs> room. Uh, raising hands up, shoulder. Raising hands, shrug shoulder. Tilt the head a little bit. Emoji <laughs> in your phone. And so I, uh, next thing you know, I'm sitting right behind this tree, and there's a little berm probably about 10 feet behind me, just this little tiny hill. And. I'm like, okay, well, I just kind of swivel over, look at my dad, and I'm like, maybe I can see something. So I'm starting to look through the brush, right, and this hill is no no taller than those coolers. Probably from me to the window there, and I get this little- it's about five feet, yard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, don't, we don't have a camera. Eight feet, eight 10 feet, feet. <laughs> and I like, crouch down, I look through this little point through the brush, and I'm eye to eye with a cat, and I'm like, oh Oh, mountain lion. Mountain lion mountain line and I I don't have my bow and I do have my pistol it's on my pack though I keep it on my pack yep and um so I'm like well you know I'm on my hands and knees it's crouched in like the pounce position if I could describe a pounce position I'm like well this isn't good he's been sitting there probably for 10 minutes 15 minutes watching me, you know move around yeah and so he's like "Eh." This looks a little skinny. Maybe I'll wait for the other one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's Tom Senior. For <laughs> those who don't know, Tom, senior, yeah. Tom yeah. senior's a little bit meatier. <laughs> a little <laughs> and, uh, He's a little like meatier. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just instinctively started looking for my pistol. Right? I'm sitting on my pack because I have an Everly stock that has the shelf that comes out. Yep. So it makes a great seat, actually. So, um I reach for my pistol and then my dad sees me reach for my pistol. And he's like, Shit. That's not good. <laughs> what is going on? Yeah. So I grab my pistol and I draw on it. And I'm like, I don't it's not attacking me, like if I shoot it, I'm gonna like get in trouble. I don't I don't know what to do in this situation. I guess if it comes at me I'll shoot. But uh I start yelling at my dad. He's like, What's going on? I'm like, It's a mountain lion. He's like what? I'm like Mountain Lion. And he's like, okay, so and Mountain's I'm, like, yeah, I'm here. Yep, yeah, <laughs> right like, yeah. Yeah, I'm ready. You know? <laughs> and so I got the pistol drawn and I'm just looking at it and then it's a double action pistol, so I can either squeeze or pull the hammer. Yep. And uh it wasn't backing down. So I was like, Well, I guess I'm gonna shoot it. What did he and so <laughs> So it's like eight feet. I'm like, Well, if you shoot it with a nine millimeter pistol, I'm pretty sure it's you can have a pretty good justification of self-defense at that point right yeah oh yeah and so i'm um, i'm starting to pull the trigger slowly and i'm making sure i got my aim good and, and i didn't know but my dad circled around me and he's coming behind me you know, think you're supposed to act big with a mountain lion right so he has yeah. a bow over his head also i hear a twig snap behind me and i'm like shit <laughs> so, there's something coming behind so i look real quick see it's my dad turn around mountain lion was gone no, it's solid. Like, okay, well, at least I didn't shoot my dad, and the mountain lion ran away. So there you go. It's a win-win. Everyone walks away. Yeah, I mean, uh, that, that was my closest encounter, and a week later, it was another close encounter. It was probably about thirty yards. So I assume the same mountain lion in the area, but we were packing out in the dark. It pitch black. We we're about a quarter mile from the four wheeler, and uh, well, I guess back up uh, about two miles back, I caught a glimpse of the eyes in a tree. I don't know what they were. Could have been anything, but mountain Line's kind of a greenish haze to their eye, and big, uh, turns out it was just a big. And raccoon. They're close, <laughs> yeah. big raccoon. Big Biggest poon I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, on yeah the exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, but we're walking out, and there's always this meadow where there's moose, and like Brandon mentioned earlier, probably the second most dangerous thing in Colorado is a cow moose with a calf. Oh, yeah. you do not want to get in front of or in between anything that sort. And CJ, you've been part of one where. Yeah, I got pretty dicey on, on that one too. There was a bull, I, a cow, and a and a calf. The bull that charged us. Yeah, and a bull, yeah. We had some runners with moose, but um so I get to this meadow and I'm like, alright dad, this this meadow, I ran into moose a lot, like just keep your eyes open and got our headlamps out and I look to the right. Boom, there's the cat. Just following right along with us. Parallel. Parallel on us, and I'm like, well. So I draw my pistol again and I'm like, alright, back to back, you keep your lights front. I'll keep an eye on the cat. Start walking, but then it bottlenecks into dark timber. Where you can see about five yep. feet. <laughs> it's, it's dark. <laughs> that yeah. road you've been yep. on. It, it's it's dark. There's it's just kind of a the like, cliff and there's trees. So I'm like, well, he followed us into the trees there. Let's see what happens. And we made it to the four wheeler and we left. But and I assume it's the same cat. I don't know, CJ. You got end up getting a cat on trail camera. I think that winter too. So yeah, could have been the same cat. I got that cat on trail that was camera. In January, I think. Yeah, they're resilient. I mean, there was four foot of snow up there, and that cat's trumping through snow. I mean, uh-huh. yeah. cats are. It's impressive. They're, not, they're forced to be reckoned with. Yeah, for sure. Impressive and, uh, creatures.
0: I got another buddy who's an elk hunter in Oregon, and actually he lives in Kansas now. But he, he grew up in Oregon, hunted quite a bit. And the only cat he he killed one. Um, you say he went into this little valley, and there's just one little pinch point basically to get in there, right? Kills now has on his backs, packing it out. And on the way in, at that pinch point, so he's kind of walking inside of this, like, cut. And it's about five feet wide. And he looks down to his right, and there's, like, a pile of bones. Like, multiple carcasses, right? There. That's weird. So he notices it's kind of flat right above him. So he goes up there, and there's paw prints. Like, cats sits there all the time. And he figures out, okay, perfect little you know, ambush point. You know, jumps on whatever, knocks down. He's, like, looking around, like, there's not another way for me to get out of here. And so it kind of keeps that middle note, right? So he's going in there. He sees a cat a couple times, right? And so when he's coming back through, he's like, okay, I'm going to go up on the flat and see what's going on. Because he'd seen the cat a couple more times as he's getting closer and closer to that flat. Well, he goes up there and guess what's hanging out right there? Tail going back and forth. Wow. It's that cat. And so he just, he made the decision. He's like, I got to, he's like, I can't get out past it and I'm not going underneath it with a pile of meat on my back. <laughs> yeah. You know? And so he killed it um, and uh, left the, it was a, uh, the, LQ is going after this defamation tag, and so he left the game. Despite the situation, told him where it was, and everything
1: was good to go. But that's. Those things scare me, man. Cats are they, eerie. Yeah. You look at their paws, they're so big, but they don't make a noise. Yeah. Like, like, it's the most quiet creature. I don't. like well, I said, I had a lot They're on the yeah. mountain. Yeah. yeah. I've been oh, on yeah. Storm Mountain turkey hunting. Same sure. thing. I got that one on film. And my buddy Ethan, who's going to be coming over later tonight, too. Same thing. I was turkey calling. Your goblin just coming right in. Hen comes in. Tom's disappeared. Everything goes away. And I'm like, that was weird. Like, turkeys can't smell, right? <laughs>
5: <Yeah>. <laughs> so, hey, so, yeah, circle back. It's yeah, circle back. Yeah. Why, yeah. why
1: else would they leave? And I looked to my left, and I just, behind this big old pine tree, I just see a tail about yep. 20 yards away. And yep. It full-circled me. Full-circled mm-hmm. me and Ethan. And I left my pack, of course, up behind this the burn area where the trees are like six foot and dense as hell. And I'm like, well... I kind of want my pack back. It was like a three hundred dollar pack. Yeah. something like that. I got my bow, Ethan. That's a, Ethan's a marine, and he went all into like you know fight mode. and He like started carving a stick to kill it. I don't have a weapon, so I'm not gonna use my stick. knife. But when I'm in so a little stick, stick. Oh, it's a spear ready. I'm you know, like, okay. It's proactive. <laughs> you know, fighting position. And we did. We uh, got up to my pack, and there's paw prints around my pack. Cause there was snow they are in Colorado. You hunt turkeys in snow because it's it, crazy. It snow it right? snows. Yeah. And there's pack, and prints all around my pack, and I'm like, "All right, well, let's pack out of here." And, um, it's just a weird area. That that area. I got another story about that. And Cj it was. Involved a yeah. naked dude in the woods. But We're off the top. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
5: What happens Why? in the woods stays in the woods? a pistol.
1: Naked dude in the woods. That's not my scene. Ethan and I, we hiked out and that mountain lion, once again, we saw it paralleling us. And like, usually mountain lions don't let you see them. And yep. Well, they say if you see them, it's quite not good.
5: Well, they say if you spot a mountain lion, they have already decided not to kill you. Yeah, not to kill you, you. Yeah. To kill you right yeah. at the moment Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know.
1: Yeah, but that was a weird area. When we went to turkey hunting. First time I turkey hunted was CJ, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> we took him up there, and I was like, all right, I got a decent spot of storm out. public land. We, we were hunting for there. you, because I had, filled, yeah. You he had already filled your yeah. tag, and so he was just hunting with me to go with me, and so yeah, let's go try this area out. We drive in there, and I told him mountain lion story. I was like, it might be lions mountain lion. Like, you know. And uh, we hike into the spot, and we get there, and like I said, hike in. It's not like miles, but a half mile little hike in. And, you know, there's some houses around, but we get to this spot where I want to set up. I'm like, all right, we're going to get up right here. The sun's rising. And I was like, we're going to set up here to see if the turkeys are roosting down on private so we can bring them up in. We come around the corner and it's cold. I mean, it's, what was it? April? Yeah. There was snow. March April? There's there snow. snow. there's so like, 30 there like, degrees, 25 degrees? Probably. Oh, probably yeah. at least 20. Yeah. 20 degrees. And it's. Old dude, I, I say old, maybe like 60s, 50, like 50s, late 60s. He's in his whitey's tighties. Oh no! And uh, I like look at CJ, I'm like, see that? <laughs> I rub my eyes, I rub my eyes. Like, Did you see that? He's like, yeah, what, the, what the hell is that? And it's our first hunt together. He's like, hey, What'd you get me into? <laughs> and uh, next thing you know, I think the guy sees us, like, he looks at us, I'm like, He's probably yeah. thinking the same thing. i well, like, oh, well, we right. need to go about 50 yards past him to hunt. And I don't know if it's going to be any good now because he's out here running on naked. But maybe he, like, feeds the turkey. But turkeys so can't so, smell. so what was more? Yeah. So we're yeah. good. So, what was scarier, the, the guy or the mountain lion? Well, it gets scarier because I think the guy was scarier because also we lock eye contact. <laughs> the two-legged creatures, eye right? <laughs> yeah, the two. We get eye contact. The guy's staring at us. We're staring at him. And all of a sudden he goes behind a tree. Yo! And he, and he, and he, <laughs> he pokes his head around the tree. He full on grabs a tree and starts humping it. For that better word. He starts humping the tree. Where's this podcast going? going? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Well, Where's this
6: going? Well, maybe I contact all of it. How dominant? Well, yeah.
1: He was claiming his ground, but. Yeah. So CJ and I are like, what do we do? Well, you how much those gobblers worth, man? Yeah. I didn't know what to I'm do. Like, what gobbler like, are you like, going, going for? The gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, I can tell he doesn't have a gun unless it's like a little deer <laughs> yeah, up his yeah. uh, ass. So I was like, well, oh, he has a gun. So like, well, let's, uh, let's just go around him, I guess. So we did a little <laughs> wide loop about eighty yards around him, and he just kept like looking at us. And <laughs> <laughs> hey. So. He might be up there still well, dead. I don't know. There's no know. houses around at all. No, no I, that guy might have been on shrimp. Yeah. He just, I don't know, he was tripping on something. But he, well, I just
5: realized I'm never going to hunt with you again. If you want yeah, to yeah, see man, something
1: uh, you know? <laughs> I don't know exactly Is cool, you that Exactly. I want to carry the camera. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, man, like, You got to get a yeah.
5: TV
0: crew to follow you
6: around.
5: Exactly.
6: <laughs> yeah. it's got some wild stories. Uh, so you're talking about turkey hunting and having the cat stalk you yep. while you're hunting. So. My cousin in South Carolina has a, a very similar story. There's there's not count lines out there, just bobcats. Yeah. But he was sitting up against a tree, calling, had a gobbler working. Similar kind of deal. Calling, gobbler's working, working. He shuts up, gobbler shuts up. So he's any minute he's waiting for this gobbler to pop out. And out of nowhere, he gets nailed from the side, knocked over, Does a couple of rolls in the dirt. (laughs) He gets up, like he picks his head up, looks around, dazed, just in time to see a bobcat doing the same thing. (laughs) They both realize that he wasn't a turkey (laughs) at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so he he got attacked by a bobcat. Bobcat obviously just ran off without any issue. But that's a testament to his hint
3: calling skills. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, (laughs) I'd probably rather get attacked by a bobcat. I saw a video... Uh, yeah. Back east, people were hunting. Guy was sitting right in front of a log, and someone just decided to shoot at movement instead of oh, figuring that. Uh, out the, the target, and blew the limb on the log right right next to his head. Blew that limb right off, and then he rolled down because of the concussion of the yeah. sound. And it's it's, it's terrifying. So a, I'd rather run into a bobcat than yeah. a person. I think it's the Publisher's two-legged
0: creature here. Don't shoot at movement. Uh, I've been shot at. Uh, of the cardinal
6: rules of firearms.
0: Yeah. And, like, you know, I've talked about this a lot. So, because I bird hunt quite a bit, and I get how you could swing on a bird, not look what's behind it, right? Especially the upland game. Yeah, games. absolutely, 100%. You know, and, but to me, like, man, shooting at movement with a rifle, like, okay, or you're not. even, Yeah, yeah, you're not identifying the target. You're not identifying the vitals, right? Like, where are you shooting, right? You know, and yeah. so just
3: don't shoot at movement, man. I you have know? a. Uh, uh, a co-worker whose husband, kind of long story short, basically knew someone who knew someone, but they were walking out of their elk stand that year. And their, this, uh, year. this year, yeah, um, they were walking out, and one of their partners in, their, in the same camp shot at movement and stuck an arrow through said person's belly, went all the way through and stuck in the backpack behind him. So they had to unscrew the
5: arrow, sure, that felt great. take the
3: backpack off, pack it on the hill and get him to the hospital. He was in ICU for two weeks. He uh, he thankfully lived and everything's lived? good. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, surprisingly the other guy's still alive. Yeah, they're gonna <laughs> hunt together. But yeah, no joke. It's huh? like, why shoot it at movement? It's yeah. just be responsible. Yep. <clears throat>
0: Well, I, I, we talked a lot, man. We got an hour and 24 minutes into this. so oh, wow. Yeah, we can go from there to four if you want. There you go. <laughs> What's New
6: Year's going here? There you go. Nah, <laughs> this that. mountain dive is killing me.
1: That's me, <laughs> Yeah, that's already New Year's for you guys. Yeah, it is. Yeah, right. right. That's right. Cheer you, baby. Year. Cheers. Did I count? Did
2: I count? you get the text messages? Yeah, I Yeah,
0: <laughs> I have. Yeah. <laughs> you guys made it congratulations yeah, right. there, you <laughs> there you go 2020 is behind you yeah, that is true man we survived there you 2020 go. so there you go. we got a really good sunset tonight in the valley um, that was
3: probably one of the prettiest sunsets I've seen it was this oh, year wow. it was, perfect, year. Man. It it was, was a really, really pretty one to me it really was like not to get too too dry. but it was a
0: perfect win in the year man um, that sunset yeah last sunset 2020 in the Rocky Mountains man it was good but um, Tom's got any more hot tips anything else you want to cover
1: about alcohol I
0: think the biggest He's, thing that go ahead
1: I just want your three biggest points for first-time elk hunters. (laughs) First-time elk hunter, biggest points. I'd say the first point is uh, doing your homework. Doing your homework includes calling, practicing calling. It includes scouting if possible, either whether that's if you're in the field scouting or if you're on the East Coast, scouting on Onyx, Google Maps, whatever it may be. If you know the unit you're going to, that's the first thing, narrow down the unit, whether it's Colorado, Wyoming, Utah, whatever elk state it is, mm-hmm. narrow down that unit, narrow down the area that's you want to go to. to. That's all part, that's part of the homework. Um, the second thing, once you get in the field, make sure you practice your, uh, your calling before you get there, like I mentioned, and just don't be afraid to break the silence. Um, like we touched on earlier today, um, through our podcast is some of the worst bugles I've heard in my life have literally been up. Like, my dad and I joking, like, man, we need to get this guy an up-calling lesson. Like, we'll give him our card when he, when he calls in. Yep. And, and then all sudden, well, we can't give him his card because he's running away. <laughs> I guess it was an help. Yep. Um You know, don't be afraid to break that silence call. Um, the third tip, uh, I think another thing we mentioned tonight is, like CJ said, don't, don't be afraid to get out there and do it. Um, I know it's, it's kind of an eerie feeling. You're going to do something that you're not comfortable with. Um, Luckily in today's world, you have so many, so many ways to research how to hunt elk, hunt deer, hunt, whatever it may be, whether it's podcasts, whether it's, you know, using Onyx, whether it's using Google maps, uh, YouTube, YouTube calling lessons on, uh, you know, through us via in person or online. Uh, There's so many opportunities to be successful nowadays. That's one thing we've said in the uh, elk competition world. Elk calling competition is the competition is getting tough. Honestly, like yep. people are getting good just because they sit and they listen to people on YouTube or they get calling lessons from you know even us online. Um, you know we're we're always looking to help build up our team, if you will, in the, the national calling competitions. Um, and it's the competition is getting stiff. Uh, not only in 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 competition calling but in the field I was giving my dad crap because I'm like, man, you gotta stop teaching people how to because you're making it hard for us. Like, <laughs> I was gonna say, now,
0: do you, you guys gonna hold back a little bit, like take eighty percent?
1: You know, like Bruce mentioned earlier, the biggest thing is get people out and continuing yeah. to hunt as as much Especially as the younger man, generation. Yeah, as greedy yeah. as hunters can be, as all of us know, we can be. Really? You, know, you find your spot, you don't want to tell anybody about it. right? This is my
3: mountain, and uh, this
1: is my mountain. <laughs> this is this public land, but it's my I know spot. you yep. You know, or, or this is my unit. Or or this is my private land whatever it may be but at the end of the day we all have the same goal and if we don't work together we're not going to reach it yep. and you know the something is going to stop us um so teaching the younger generations even the older generations you know just like these guys cj was 28 before he started archery <coughs> Elk hunting granted he big game hunted with a rifle i'll say you know he wasn't as into it as he is now i mean he may even be more into elk hunting than I am at this point, but um, that might be a little stretch. But. Yeah, <laughs> for me <at> all, <laughs> it all sounds good. For me but, it but all uh, turkey hunting. And there's just, turkey there's hunting. a lot of parallels between elk hunting and he did, turkey hunting. 100%. Eating. He was yeah. a diehard yeah. turkey hunter. and Still is. And he still is 100%, but he, I did get him to admit this year that elk hunting yeah, is more important is. than turkey. He told so me that. that man. Yeah, yeah, you should, he, you're talking he, a 600-pound yeah, yeah, animal yeah, come screaming it, in with antlers <laughs> and you got 25-pound animal. 30 seconds later, show me pictures of turkeys
6: you know yep. um, yeah, so that, yeah
1: that is the biggest thing In the end of all of our goals and you know i think these podcasts whether it's yours or anybody else's and whether it's a social media um whether it's good or bad you know there's some out there that's ruining it for us you know whether it's trophy hunting poaching whatever it may be you know people are getting desperate for attention nowadays yep, on instagram and and every social media outlet out there. And I think that's the biggest thing to not get involved with is getting desperate for that attention. Um, Just remember what it's for, you know, we're here to feed our families. Uh, We're here to, you know, feed friends, to teach the youth and the the next generation to uh, hunt and be able to provide for their own family and be able to conserve, you know, hunters are conservationists Uh, without hunters, uh, I don't know if you do any research or seen anything, you know, published, but deer a hundred years ago or elk hundred years ago, there's you know, there was a thousand in the United States. Get deer, and now, turkeys, deer turkey, elk, elk oh, yeah. turkey nearly extinct. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. Nearly extinct. Now every every species I mean, hunting back in the day was for the fur and for sale, you know. Yep. It was completely commercialised, just killed white. Oh, right? right? Yeah, yeah. And market And uh, yep. it was yep. just yeah. a market and not saying that doesn't exist today but without conservation and what we've done you know it wouldn't be here today uh the way it is in the populations that we have yep. and uh and if we stop at the same time there's nothing to manage that population 100 so that's something that we need to carry on through the next generations to come so that'd you know be my uh, takeaway well like take three yep. that's well said things. that's, huh? that's well so said.
0: good you know on that that note there too you know it if you're listening to this and you don't like to hunt or that's just not your thing but you like to hike or you like to kayak or yeah. like spend time outdoors you know hunters pay for a lot of that and we're happy to do that right yeah. I'm happy to foot the bill for that um, but you know we also pay for that quite a bit with license sales excise tax all that so public land isn't free well it's not only not. that but I'd
3: really like to push for as many people to join every conservation group you can Ducks Unlimited Pheasants yeah, yeah. Forever National Wildlife Turkey Federation, Rocky, Rocky Mountain Elk yeah. Foundation, yeah. Even if you don't Mule don't Deer hunt. Foundation. Like, there's just so many yeah. um, applications that these, these groups do and so many good things that these groups do. Yeah. And we all benefit at the end of the well, day. Well, you don't even They're have curious. to be a hunter.
5: It's great just to get in with the people and, yeah. you know, yeah. learning about um, managing birds. And uh, yeah. if you want to be more on the population
3: side. Yeah, like know. the Pheasants Forever yeah. chapter that I'm yeah. a part of. We plant CRP on corners of crop circles to add more habitat for these birds, for the pheasants to his thrive animals, and live. These animals wouldn't
1: be as successful without us, let's just put it that way. Yeah, and yeah. Like I ran and said, if you don't even hunt, if you don't you know, you know, don't have to hunt to support it. Um, I remember being at the uh, Hunt Expo in Utah last year, CJ and I, we were walking around the Mule Deer Foundation. I don't if you remember that woman. yeah, She came up and she asked the Mule Deer Foundation. She didn't hunt, she didn't do anything. She just went to the show to go see what it was about. And next thing you know, we're signing up for the Mule Deer Foundation, and we're doing our annual membership. Yep. She's asking questions. She's inquiring what's going on, and she doesn't hunt. She has not a clue. She tells she has not a clue what's going on. Next thing you know, she signs up for a lifetime membership. Love it. You know, she paid $1,500, $1, and she's like, up. this is a great cause. I love it. Yep. She's like, I'll never hunt in my life, but I love what you're doing. It goes a long so way. way. Yeah. You okay. know,
0: you know in, my, in my real job, I work a lot with conservation groups, and the people that work for those, they work really hard. Some of the hardest working people I know, and yeah. they're, they're bought into the mission. And, you know, what I would suggest to people is, like, you know, you don't have to be a member of 17 organizations, but, you know, if you're new to this or if you like pheasant hunt, right? Yeah. Find a pheasant fair chapter. If you like turkey hunt, find an, an NWTF chapter. No, it's like trout fish. Yeah. yeah, Trout right. Unlimited. Yeah. Trout Unlimited, yeah, exactly. that's what's,
3: that's what's really cool about that Infinite Outdoors company that I'm a part of, the biologist yeah. for. Um, the the annual fee of twenty five dollars that uh, that you pay to use the the app and everything, that that goes one hundred percent to the charity of your choosing. So there's Trout Unlimited, Pheasants Forever, so that yearly fee just goes straight to conservation.
0: Yeah, so- Stephen, you want to talk about that, that a little
3: bit? Yeah, I mean, not to carry this on incredibly long, but the, the Infinite Outdoors is a new program that started up this year. I'm a biologist for it. And uh, it's it's essentially a VRBO for hunting and fishing properties here in Colorado. And uh, long-term goal, we'd like to get it nationwide, um, spread out throughout the entire, entire country. But it, it gives uh, outdoors men and women the opportunity to to use private property without uh, getting locked into a yearly lease, um, they can bounce around from properties to properties. They can go to different fisheries. Um, th- th- we have everything from big game to small game to to fish. Uh, you name it, we have it. We have a hundred thousand acres in eastern Colorado that uh, we guide mule deer hunts on. We do DIY antelope deer hunts. So, um, so
0: the way this kind of works. All right, summarizing. Correct me if I'm wrong. So. Like, let's say I'm a guy from Kansas City, so I want to come out here and hunt. I, you know, sign up for the app. I pick a property, you know, go, and it says what the price is to hunt that DIY for however many days, right?
3: Yep. It's, it's a per day basis. So it's a trespass fee, yep. basically. And so I can try that out. You know, yep. and like you said, I'm not locked into
0: a couple thousand dollar lease that year or... I just go spend you know two hundred dollars for two days to hunt or
3: whatever it is yeah and go you know what I don't like this I'm going go to do this other property you know ten miles away or something exactly yep okay. that's exactly how it works so it's a day to day thing you can book seven days if you want you can book one day and just do it day to day kind of thing um, so it's, it's really up to you on what you want to do and how you want to do it but it's it's very user friendly it benefits both the landowner and the the outdoors person. Gotcha. What's that called again? It's called Infinite Outdoors. So the Outdoors. website's infiniteoutdoorsusa.com.
0: Gotcha. Oh, I'll definitely put that in the show notes. I think that's something going has been really cool, you know, based on everything you said about it. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to check that out.
1: Yeah. What's the name of the, your company again? Mile High Note Game Calls. We're based at of Loveland, Colorado. Um, like I said just, I, I wish I could say it's my dad and I, but I'll give him full credit at this point. He does primarily <laughs> make most of the calls. Um, Brandon, Stefan, CJ, and myself, we do help out occasionally when, uh, I guess the demand is more than he can produce. It's usually during season, usually right before, right before show night 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 season. season, show yeah, season, yeah. we go out and we do help a lot. Um, you know, but my Ohio game calls, if you want high quality made handmade game calls by the same guy every single time, mm-hmm. you're going to get consistency. It may not be something you're used to. There's one thing I tell guys is when you use our call, it's probably a little different than what you're used to, but you're going to get the same exact call every single time. Yep. So, well, then, how do we get lessons? So, if, um, you want lessons, yep. if you're in Colorado way? here, um, you know, you can't get them in person. You can go to our website, find the link there to get lessons, or you can go to the website and email us, call us, um, so contact do Zoom information lessons. Is on there. Yep. We can do Zoom, we can do Skype, um, and you can do one on one lessons with my dad. And uh, you know we're both world champion elk callers, so if you want to learn from some of the best in the country, then you know you can uh, have the opportunity to do that, and then you can make our elk hunting in the woods even harder. There you <laughs> go, yeah, that's <laughs> that one,
0: well, uh, you know that's that's really cool. I hope people check that out and take you up on that man. So you know one thing I like about you guys is you're obviously passionate about elk hunting. You know it's you're out there hunting yourself, you and your dad are hunting. So um, I'd really buy a product from a guy that has used it regularly than not right yep. so um or you know and nothing knock knock other companies but you know a lot of those companies are using factories or workers that have no connection to the end product yep and
1: not to knock them but it's like they aren't invested in it the same way you guys are yep. yep. they're they're i mean my dad and i both have full-time jobs i mean this is just a hobby for us we just want to make quality gear for you know people out there trying to do their best and um, you know, we just want to make sure that we produce that, that top notch call for those people. Awesome. Um, you know, that's been one of the most rewarding things for me in the past few years, now that we are getting bigger, if you will, in the Western States here that, uh, you know, I've been in the field and I've ran into guys and they're holding our tube, our View tube. You know, I'm like, man, that's pretty cool. Like, how do you like that too? And like, man, this is the best call I've used ever, like, you know, this is great. And I'm like, well, you know, my name's Thomas Deasing, you know, and Yada yada. yada yada, my Ohio game yeah, club. Right. my dad and I's company. Or you know, for instance, we're out hunting this year, and uh, we're leaving the camp, and there's like a community trash can right where you can throw your stuff as you're leaving the campsite. So uh-huh. I lift it up, and there's our wrapping from our, our packaging. Well, <laughs> oh, I thought you said your calls. No, no, no the calls say. weren't in the trash. Just oh, that's the good. That's good. Okay. So the wrapping was in the in the trash. So some guy went to the town closest to us, bought the calls at the local archery shop. And they, you know, the packaging was in the trash. So I was like, awesome. yeah, check this out. That's cool. And so, you know, it was like, it was just really cool. And, uh, hell one of our pun partners, Ron, he lost his tube on the mountain when we were packing out a bear one time and ran into the guys three days later that found the tube, you know, cause we're hunting, like we said, public land, you might see 25 yep. people in a day. Yeah. But, uh, and I, I saw. Him. I was like, man, awesome. Where'd you get that tube? And, and, uh. He's like, actually, I found it on the mountain here. And he's like, I'm glad I found it. It's the best tube I ever, I ever had. And I was like, well, that's great. It's ours. And, and, uh, and so, no, yeah, Of course, let him keep it. And then I had to give Ron another. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. Like, well, we love it. You should have him. Table. Table. <laughs> yeah. Not to so, sound biased or anything, but
3: I struggled with read calls and like diaphragms in my mouth. Um, but with my high note game calls, I've really been able to figure it out. I don't know. Um, why it makes it different, but I don't know if it's with the material. I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, but it, it's in the. Rest it fits my room. mouth a lot better than a lot of other calls, and mm-hmm. it's it, it's real pliable, so it doesn't feel like it's like choking yeah. you or anything. I know some calls make like the plastic dome on the top, and those just never worked for me. I tried them, but I, I really found a lot of success. And I, I know, don't I feel, feel like those mold to your as mouth. Friend, but.
0: Well, and I think too, um, like we all kind of talked about. So because I've, I've had a trip turkey calls before to get the diaphragm calls to my mouth or for my wife and stuff yeah and, um, you know so if you buy that call and then you can get a lesson with Thomas here he can coach you through that right mm-hmm. I mean so to me like that's invaluable man like so that you know when you're calling that it's the right sound yeah. you know hey why am I not getting that sound I'm just getting frustrated so it's and, and they our make our a calls, smaller
1: yeah we do make a small diaphragm as well but what I was about to say there just kind of mm-hmm. end on is we you know, with our calls, if you do want a lesson, you can literally get the call lesson from the guy who made the call. Yep. Like he knows the call. You're not just getting the, you know, CD in the package, which I guess that was a bad example because you can't get the CD in the package. (laughs) You know, you're not just getting it. And as far as my dad goes, his customer service is the number one thing. Like we were talking about earlier with Vortex Optics, you know, before this podcast here is their customer service is the number one thing. Like my dad, he'll. You know, we were up on the Elk Mountain this year, and he's like texting guys back, which he might be mad at me for saying this now because now he's going to get blown up all the time. But, yep. I mean, he's his number one thing is just getting back to the guy, getting back to the girl, getting back to whoever it may be, and just trying to help them be successful. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing for him is at the end of the season, when those pictures start rolling in and we see everybody's success, and like, yep. hey, I took that lesson with you. I've hunted the past 10 years, 15 years. I've never got into an elk. I took one lesson with you, and, you know, I got into 15 bulls this year. It was incredible. Like, I just got the confidence to do it, and that's the biggest thing. You just have the confidence yeah. to do it, and just that's the number one takeaway, I guess, in this podcast is just have the confidence do it, and just, you know, it, it takes effort. You're not going to go out and just hunt. Although I, I see all these guys on Instagram first bull ever and it's like a three sixty. Yeah, no job, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> That happens. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, CJ, <laughs> yes. you got a good bull your first year too. Actually hunting, I worked you your ass off. Stick to his. Well, my thing
5: up. is, you know, stay humble. Yeah. Um, don't be scared of failure because yeah. failure leads you to success. Yeah. Um, have the confidence to try something new, and if <laughs> something doesn't work, learn from that. If yeah. something does. You take note of that. You know, more the
1: First time may not work. The second. Well, that's Something exactly. Well, that did work. Will work. Well, yes. Tools it's, it's in the toolbox. It's and true, yeah. hunting. Yeah, it's hunting. They call it hunting for a reason, not shooting. Yes. Well, so. you know,
5: you think you master it, and then all of a sudden, you don't.
1: Hey,
5: then you don't. Know the
0: wild animal. Thing.
5: Oh, yeah. Right. You know. it doesn't matter what species. It's it's hit and miss. Well, I think that's that's a lot of good stuff.
0: So. Yeah. Thank you guys for sitting out with me. Thomas, thanks again for letting us come over and interrupt you guys' night.
1: Yeah, on thanks for uh, so. Yeah, thanks for having yeah. us. Yep. For yeah, it a pleasure. To do another follow-up via Skype or something. Yeah, I'd love to do that. To do that. Yeah. Skype isn't even a uh, thing in yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Skype. Zoom is the thing.
1: Zoom.
3: I don't know. Yeah. Whatever it might be. Right? Microsoft, Microsoft
1: Outlook. Yeah. iMessage. So, the one thing we learned in 2020 is we can get a hold of each other a right. lot of ways. Yep. Right. Um, yep. But we can definitely get together again, whether it's in your state or ours. And uh, like like I said earlier, hunting is the community yeah. it's yeah. it's we get too wrapped up I think in the past few years I've learned with the Instagram and social media it's a competition it doesn't need to be a competition between all of us we're all we all have the same end goal and yeah. we're trying to do the same thing and sure. the only thing that's well, going well, to tear us down yeah. is each other so well the we thing, thing is together.
5: don't be scared to ask questions mm-hmm. yeah. and that's anything in life but like when it comes to hunting that's how I met Thomas and Cedar and Stefan, yep. or Stephon. Um, <laughs> you know, we had mutual friends, but it's more or less we connected in hunting. Um, that is what it has grown us to them becoming my best friends. You know, I can call them for anything, and they can teach me. And I don't know if I can teach them because I'm just the I'm am I'm the runt. He's learning. Yeah, yep. he so, says uh, runt because he's the littlest of us all. Everyone plays the but I'm the best game, looking, yeah. so...
3: so you know, how, okay, so hold on.
4: How tall are you, Stefan? How, how, how tall are you?
5: 6'2". Six 6'2", two. Six two, there you Yo. go. Okay. So. I'm the same height as CJ, so... There you go. Well, <laughs> right, that, minus 4 inches. Yeah. That <laughs> I've said it time and time again, so... I've been very blessed. I've
0: gotten to hunt a lot of different places with a lot of different people. And it's like I've had conversations like this hundreds of times. Man,
3: well, on Saturday you get to hunt the Front Range for some geese. I do, yeah. man.
0: I'm getting stoked about that. So it's Very dark geese. Well. We you saw a lot of dark geese out here. Like it, guys yeah. hunting in the Midwest and the East, it's like the way you see snow geese, man. It's it's awesome. Something well, yeah,
3: yeah. Well, <laughs> to yeah. yeah. me. I mean, so yeah. um, we'll uh, see uh, some yeah. birds. We'll see
6: some birds. But it, team like, was a one. That, that's yeah. what I heard. Whoa,
0: I whoa,
4: whoa. bag limit of.
1: Arkansas right. bag limit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
4: too. Yeah, too. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: But uh, no, it's the camaraderie, and that's, that's one of the that's big aspects about hunting is the people. You know, we're, we're very much the same in a lot of ways. Well, the just, thing, just...
5: yeah, and you can always reach out to me, of course, and I'm going to vouch for everybody else, but reach out to us. Stefan, especially. Stefan. Yeah. He's a I'll answer anything. Might not be right, but I'll answer. We'll give you our perspective and what we can do to
1: help yeah. you that's not going to be
5: that's not going to be guaranteed success yeah, but, but you know just give our experience and that's
1: well, the that's the correct word is perspective everybody has a different perspective no matter what podcast you listen to um or what you yeah. know whatever the outlet might be you listen to everybody has a different perspective and the biggest thing to take away is just that um the hunting is the community. It's not about the kill. It's about getting out there, building relationships, having friends, For sure. and uh, you know, building that network. So doing yep. right.
6: doing hard things makes yeah. you a better person.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Exactly. When you earn it, you know you you deserve it. So yeah.
6: yep. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, you. Thank you. Thanks. Appreciate. Special thanks to Budweiser. Using <laughs> 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 Arkansas grain
1: in their beer. <laughs> yeah. It's the Stephon rice fields. For, uh, bring it from work. For hey, your, you uh, bet. Anything, anything <laughs> for you guys. And uh, JJ for keeping on bringing it down. Please. Dude, I think you made Fair like enough. seven trips down here. To do. Yeah, no, just the same.
0: It's like when you're a kid and you're playing
3: video games with your buddies and your their mom. Keeps Bringing sodas. <laughs> <Yeah. It's laughs> the meatloaf. It's adult sod. <laughs> so so oh <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> she did get smart. She finally brought the bottles
3: down. was <laughs> she like,
4: enough
0: get off that It's like, there's cooler right yeah.
3: there. Yeah. Cool. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, hey, on that note, thank you guys so much. And we'll You talk bet. You later. Yeah. Yep. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode. It got it was just a wonderful night. Uh you know, Thomas is very gracious to have us over and let us hang out that evening and he spent a couple of hours on New Year's Eve chatting about hunting, man. Um it's just really a sign of how passionate these guys are about hunting and I was so grateful to to run into them. I'm glad Brandon and uh Bruce introduced me to them. and we had a great conversation. So, we're going to go hunt some elk tomorrow and um I hope you enjoyed this episode. Check out Mile High Note Game Calls. Awesome company. As you heard in this episode, Thomas has a ton of knowledge. They'll offer lessons to you. It's a quality product. I mean, you can get an alcohol for five bucks. It's crazy. You can get a turkey diaphragm for five bucks. Um, it's just so cheap. Why wouldn't you do it? You know, a lot of guys spend a ton of money on their rifles or their ammo or traveling, but they, you could spend 50 bucks and buy all their stuff and a CD and get some knowledge. So make sure you check out Mile High Note Game Calls. You can learn from the experts and make their own calls, and they'll sell them to you. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, please check us out on Facebook, Hunt Fish, Eat Podcast. And if, if you wouldn't mind, follow us on there. That's where I, I do a lot of my announcements about new things coming up or where I'll be if you want to meet up with me. Also, follow us on Instagram, Hunt Fish Eat Podcast. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it iTunes, Stitcher, um, trying to think of what, what else, Spotify, you know, all those things. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss, miss an episode. Also, if you could share this with your family and friends, that'd really help me out, get some more coverage, and, and just let people know about the podcast and what we're doing. I'm trying to educate and do some cool stuff. So, and if you're listening on iTunes, please give us a review. That'll help this podcast grow more and more, and just uh, come up in searches and more things like that. Go visit waltonsinc.com. Those guys are awesome. i, I Said a hundred times, they had the best equipment, the best spices out there. Make sure you check them out. Clayshootingapparel.com. Fun hats, shirts, things like that. If you like to shoot clay targets, you'll like clay shooting apparel. Also, Mile High Note Game Calls. I, I said at the beginning, man, Mile High Note Thomas and his dad are making some really awesome products. You owe it to yourself to check them out. Mile High Note Game Calls. Hope you enjoyed the episode. We'll talk to you later.